it's, there's like another spike in, um, we got another heat, heat wave that's been going on for the last, I don't know, three or four days. Oh, I read, yeah. And uh, yeah. I think it's, you know, I think it, the whatever the, because uh, the, the fire, I don't think it ever stopped really burning. It's in kind of just north and northeast of um, L.A. And it right. just, I don't know, like today at six in the morning I woke up and it just smelled like there's, you know, someone had a camp uh, campfire just lit yeah. next to our windows. Smoke. It's pretty bad, so I just closed all the windows. I turned. We got we got these you know filter things, and like it just um, mm-hmm. it you know it, it sort of cleaned out the room. But then and then the air, then the smoke seemed to have cleared by the okay. time that we woke up okay. in the morning. It just also the, the wind patterns, you know, like at night mm-hmm. it gets really still, I think, and so you get like this in this bowl, you know, that's LA kind of the 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 smoke just pools, and then as the day mm-hmm. goes on, there's some there's some wind coming off the ocean. That I think pushes mm-hmm. it a little bit, <laughs> so it's like this constant, right. and then it comes back in the evening, and so it's like this constant. Uh, yeah, it's really yeah. We we do what we can, you know. It's, no, it's, but God it's, hates California. It, God hates <laughs> us all. I think yeah. Yeah, and we know why because we watch these documentaries. Oh yes, true. <laughs> we have conversations about documentaries too, which is important. Documentaries yeah. that start conversations. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that start conversations exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, should we shall do, I an, do a, <laughs> Shall we do an intro? Like officially. Yeah, no, you know what? Let's not do like a separate intro because this is so easy and Yash is a returning guest, you know? Okay. But, but we should do like more. <laughs> you know how we've been slacking on the film sec intro yes, in we general? Really we don't we even, just <laughs> <laughs> we don't <laughs> even <laughs> say anything. We can like spend 15 seconds introducing. Yeah, you, you just go, oh, so you've been just going straight to... Yeah, it's kind of usually it's like a, hey, Lynn, how are you doing? Yeah, oh, how are you doing? Oh, it sucks. And then it sort of keeps going, but there's no even like acknowledgement of anyone <laughs> that's that's okay that's uh, yeah it's the covid and I, no, no one really cares anymore anyway about what they just yeah that was the spirit of the thing. yeah <laughs> who cares because <laughs> i know that uh, sometimes when i tune into radio warner mark has been so mm-hmm. professional there's yeah. not only he says the number of the episode he says the exact date and then he like i forgot yeah. there's like number of things and he yeah. says and mark is really together actually it's kind of surprising <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Well, no, they know still know the number after all this time. That is incredible. I have no idea the number. <laughs> but they also have ah. a producer, ah. so I guess it helps keep keeping track yeah. or what whatnot. But I, I actually can't figure out the number if I need to because it's all you know through Patreon. Right, we could just go. Look. But I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Who cares about the number? It's not like we have like this it's, long it's lecture. It's like an ego thing, you know. They're like, yeah, we we that's how yeah we've been doing this for a while. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. we have whatever yeah. three hundred episodes We're, now. You know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) but let's say at least that today we are talking about the documentary "The Social Dilemma," directed by Jeff Orlowski of Chasing Ice and Chasing Coral, Um, and it debuted at the what the Sundance Film Festival just last January. Yeah, and it's gotten very, very mostly excellent, excellent reviews. And that our special guest is Yasha Levine, and he's of course the author of Surveillance Valley. And shall we introduce you any further than yet that, Yasha? What else shall we add about you? I don't think so. I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, the, you know, there's this thing called the Internet that, you know, attracts you. But you can also find out things on Google the Internet. It. Yeah, you can Google it. And you probably know who I am anyway, you know. Uh-huh. If you're, returning guest. Yeah, returning exactly. guest. Uh, love being on the show. I, I can't remember. Is Aww. it your second or third time I think here? it's my third. What was your first? Third. Um, I I was on um, I was on it was about uh, the, the, Jew the thing? Hasidic um, show unorthodox unorthodox oh, right, right. and then 
some other one before that. I can't remember what it was. Neither can was I. It, no, see, there you go. You I, I, I'll tell you, COVID, COVID has uh, affected my ability, hmm. my, re, my recall <laughs> yes. ability in a, in a major way. I, I actually can't like keep information down anymore. It just it sort of evaporates. I have the same problem. It's been very alarming. Yeah. I'm trying to tell myself it isn't age, it's COVID. It's COVID. So I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean we're, all, we're all getting older, obviously, all the time. So it's, you never know. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, I, I think it's the third one. I, I'll, well, yeah. it doesn't matter. I, yeah, it feels like it's you, the third. You had a kind of a witty like... way of talking about it, didn't you? Call it something like COVID-related Alzheimer. Yes. Uh, yeah. And is yeah. it, yeah. it you oh, like COVID, COVID, yeah, COVID-related or lockdown-related, yeah. yeah, Alzheimer's, yeah, because I, I think I think it's a it's a pretty common thing. I think most people, it's like. You know, I guess this is the one thing that they they, they, they get that Groundhog Day get, got so wrong, right? Is that like he'd I mean he'd have just completely you know he like was motivated for for some reason, right? Wait, he, after multiple suicides. It's true, he was multiple suicides. <laughs> it's, it's true. So we got to get through that. So once yeah. we get through multiple suicide attempts or actual suicides, <laughs> then we'll be able to um, to like be, be the best be the best people. Best man you the, can. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's true. He was low uh, at first. But we don't have that. We don't have that luxury. So you know, because we, when we do that, the suicide, it's it's final. You know, there isn't like a, yeah. there's no redemption at the end of that. Well, for you us. can be sure. It's true. Can you? It's true. <laughs> we should try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you first. No, but there's like this feeling. I mean, I'm obviously joking, but there's a feeling of like everything is a virtual reality. And speaking of social dilemma and the, all yes. these apps, mm-hmm. so you are losing track of. I'm sometimes was it in my thinking was something. Um, conversation wise or some event was it in my dream or was it in the waking state and, si- and since uh-huh. it's all like collided into one I actually am sometimes confused yeah. like, uh-huh. more so than before than let's say than a year ago and now it's, uh, right. it's utterly confusing so this whole you know imaginary kind of groundhog day <laughs> sort of virtual suicide <laughs> doesn't even seem you know that far fat no no and, and it is like <laughs> it is there is this yeah like the side this virtual reality mm-hmm. existence you know where you're just in a, in a pod essentially um and podcast it, yeah you're in a pod and on a podcast mm-hmm. surrounded <laughs> surrounded by other podcasters all around you uh on the internet uh-huh. on twitter you're fighting with each other you know about fighting with other people uh making jokes it's, it's, it's you're surrounded by the internet much more so than than ever so i guess this is, I, mm-hmm. I mean i i guess i get why you know social dilemma is like a big deal uh the, the movie mm-hmm. the social dilemma is has made such a big i guess i mean even people who don't really norm, normally think about this stuff i, I seem like um, you know, we're really uh, um, uh, shocked or kind of. But uh, actually, by, by, by no. The I would say the people mm. who usually don't think about stuff are the most shocked, and it seems like the biggest audience for this because, mm, I mean, we'll start talking about it. But my biggest impression, and I didn't go see it on Sundance, even though everyone was talking, oh, that's the most important documentary I've seen in years <laughs> when I was there. But I waited till now. But it really seemed like it can really shock only the most, like the middle of the middle. Yeah. <laughs> what Yasha calls it, radical middle. The radical center. Yeah. Radical <laughs> center. Radical. That's exactly the people who never thought about it. Oh, I don't know, identification are bad or I don't know just this whole environment is a bit unhealthy so Uh, no it's good that it I guess goes into mainstream but it's really really uh, sort of like laid into anyone who had like (laughs) 
a modicum of whoever had thoughts. <laughs> yes, had thoughts. They thought like got while, to that while using the internet. Yeah. <laughs> while using the internet. Yeah. Who, exactly? who was able to do some inter- uh, like basically self reflect? Like has re- ref- an ability to have reflexive thoughts while online. While online. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of parents. You know, I mean, I know that. Look, I mean, n- none of us have kids here, uh, but like I know parents. I mean, people with kids definitely know know about this stuff. You know, and and struggle with it in a big way. I mean, the internet is like mm. this. Is like one of the, I think, one of the biggest points of friction in, in families these days. You know, like basically mm-hmm. getting kids to not use their phones and not play video games. You know, constant. and it's just it's yes, a fight, exactly. it's a constant battle. It's and it's like unwinnable. Uh, the, the parents mm-hmm. lose in the end. It's just it's unless they unless unless they are really um, either super strict totalitarian yeah. or manage from like the little that I witnessed from around like kids of, of my friends, or they manage to somehow sort of excite the child their child with something else with some other version of the world which is pretty hard for majority of people yeah mm-hmm. so you got to have mm-hmm. a, like alter, alternative ways of spending time and and and, and that you offering them but that is somehow exciting to them yeah and you also mm-hmm. have to have that time to spend yeah. <laughs> with them so so it makes sense yeah. that this 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 like this film you know because it kind of hits the the parent demographic i think in a big way um because, yeah. i mean basically the main characters of this Big right. dad energy, actually. Yeah, very, around yeah, that yeah film. exactly. Dad energy, very, um, dad, like DAD, you know, parent <laughs> energy. Because, I mean, like, because mm-hmm. it has this weird, right, this documentary, which is basically all talking heads. It's really overwhelming. It's like, you just, you know, like, it's like 25 people talking to you in different, you know, all at mm-hmm. one, right? <laughs> the way that it's cut. And then there's like this, the, there's like a, a movie, a fictional movie within the documentary. Reenactment. About this, about this fictional family. Mm-hmm. And it's about the kids, right? So it's about right. how this stuff and these platforms... About and the, the horrifying consequences of your child on the internet. Yes. <laughs> they wind up going to a protest. And, oh, my God. And getting arrested. Yeah. And getting arrested. <laughs> Total it's the end love. of all things. Yeah. And they're, and they're going to a protest for the extreme center. Yes, which is pretty weird, actually. Radical center. Yeah. Because it's a protest that never happened at any time ever. Yeah. And it's also like yeah. the extreme center tells you... you know, is but it's actually kind of it's funny it's like but it tries to paint it as the all right it's like it's it's such a weird movie because it doesn't want to piss anybody off it's like it's obviously mm-hmm. extremely you know dnc hillary liberal you know biden liberal vibes of that film yes. you know it's super super liberal and yet yes. it doesn't it it, it it really doesn't want to use the term like alt-right or it doesn't even it doesn't even mention trump I, as far as I can no. tell. No, and in fact, it entirely equates left and right. So there's imagery that suggests Black Lives Matter, and then there's imagery that suggests Proud Boys, and it's just like all protest yes. is like, whoa, all, all, yes. things have really broken down now. <laughs> People are going to protest. Oh, yeah, all opinions, yeah. any kind of like any kind of any kind of discontent on any side is yeah. It's it's a it's a weird. So it's like it's it's coming at you from the radical liberal center but and, yep. and yet it's against the yeah it's against the left and it doesn't have it doesn't have bernie sanders in there it doesn't have like no. in the clips that he uses it doesn't have any trump stuff i mean it it, does, it has like marco rubio you know like all right <laughs> as, as, a as like a spokesman for um bipartisanship <laughs> and like you know yeah. when people can like talk together and the internet's ruining it for us you know and it's marco uh-huh. fucking uh-huh. rubio there's actually a kind of a sinister aspect to this uh documentary mm. because some of the people who are actually uh, interviewed and who are you know because this this documentary focuses is basically like a promo or, uh for this uh kind of sp- very spooky kind of uh, organization with a very spooky name. It's the Center for Humane Technologies, 
right? Right. It's like it's like it's like like do they torture you in that you know center? Like they, it, it it's you know it's like something that the CIA would set up and then you know as a front and then torture people, uh-huh. right? Um, right. Because who calls himself you know humane technologies? It's like. It's like what, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty weird. Anyway, so but that, that's creepy. That is creepy. Yeah. But so it's like an ad for that for the center. We can maybe get into that a little. But there's actually some people involved in the mm-hmm. setting up of the center. They're not presented as such on the screen, but they're also mm-hmm. they're actually involved in running. They they they're part of an organization that was involved in running false flag uh, campaigns and like fake news campaigns to actually shift um, elections in America. Like so, and very recently, and it was like a big scandal, but it's not talked about. So the very people that are talking about the need to combat mm-hmm. fake news and divisiveness and all this stuff are actually themselves involved Pardon. on behalf of on behalf of billionaire donors, yet yeah, actually running these things, um, mm-hmm. and and actually successfully. And so we can talk about that later. But just the, the because I, that's kind of the one part of it that I don't think anyone's really. Um, I, I've kind of skimmed through some of the reviews mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. some of the critical reviews and and. I mean, most people talk. You know, mention They're not that, that many critical. I no, imagine, no. There's from, one I think like, in the New I, Republic. I found one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who wrote it? Like, um, which publication? From the Elizabeth Pansker from the New Republic. She tears into it. That's the one that I read. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. She's talking about the the same thing. The soft marshmallow center of the thing that doesn't want to. You know, it's it's the kind of mistakes were made. <laughs> but you know, blamelessness that when they're kind of leading you up to the idea we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna point the figure at the problem well the problem is this kind of algorithmic um, monstrosity that somehow grew out of all these wonderful aspirations for what social media was going to do for the world etc and everyone's all big-eyed and you know had big ideals for how great it was going to be for humanity and then somehow (laughs) it all went wrong (laughs) and you're like and what are we supposed to do about it and there's vague talk of regulations and of course personal choices yes you should really get off of twitter yeah. you should really log off facebook <laughs> and just like oh starting a conversation seems to yes. be important Start- starting a conversation all right yeah but you know what i want to zoom out just for people who there are right, people who still haven't seen it or haven't even fully heard oh, about yes. the Carry nature on. of the film and yash is a real like, I, I mean truly a specialist we didn't just invite him <laughs> because of the nepotism because i just <laughs> We love him. Because I'm just sort of on the couch, not doing anything, yeah. No, not because of that <laughs> at all. So no, you're a real specialist in this. So do you think you can do like a more bigger picture sort of analysis of this phenomena, just this film coming out right now that it's yeah, so yeah, big yeah, and yeah. so important? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple of things. I mean, obviously the reason why this film is coming out now, um, you know, because there is, um, well, like the internet, it's fun. It's, inter- it's, it's interesting. So like the internet up, up until really 2016, uh, the internet was by and large in our culture seen as, as a force of good. I'm sure there's problems. Sure. There's kids are, you know, kind of you addicted to it and you know, you got to like sort of watch children and see what they watch, do online. But in general, pedophiles. yeah, generally, exactly. Watch out for the pedophiles. And generally, you know, Facebook and Google, these are useful companies, useful technologies that are bringing democracy to the world, you know, they're causing Arab Spring, they're, um, you know, uh, protesters in Russia against Putin are using YouTube videos to post, um, you know, uh, whatever, ballot stuffing you know, during elections and, to, and, to, and, and basically they're, these, the internet is a force of good, it's a force of transparency, it's a force of democracy and egalitarianism. And generally that's been kind of the, you know, uh, the 
the the take or the perspective that that liberal American culture has had on the internet. And it actually, I wouldn't even say liberal. I'd say a conservative as well. It basically, establishment American political culture um, mm-hmm. has seen the internet as a force of, for good in the world and a force for democracy. And things really, you know, like turned on a dime. I mean, almost overnight. Um, in fact, this happened while I was writing my books. I was uh, Surveillance Valley because I was finishing it as. Um, you know, uh, the 2016 election happened and Trump won the presidency. And, you know, it was such a big shock to uh, the establishment, both on the right and, and the left, and this, particularly to the Democratic Party and, and sort of the liberal establishment. They were so shocked. I mean, Hillary Clinton was sure, everybody was sure that she was going to win. You know, all of the data pointed in that way. I mean, all the models pointed in that way, all the, all the genius whiz kids who predicted this stuff. You know, some of them worked for Silicon Valley and they came up with these amazing models. Uh, for her campaign, but also for newspapers, for for you know websites that were tracking you know the stuff. So everybody was convinced that she was going to win, and she lost. And so you know, and instead of sort of obviously taking the blame on on itself, you know, the political establishment um, didn't want to blame itself for the loss. Like, why would Donald Trump, um, you know, a, an obvious sort of buffoon clown kind of president, a kind of a spite? spite vote kind of president who people voted for just really just out of spite because they hate the establishment um you know instead of instead of instead of like looking at themselves and doing some introspection about what was it about you know establishment politics that 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 made people hate them so much in america they blamed it on the internet Mm -hmm. right and they blamed it on this technology that was able that was hijacked um by you know Russia and by other kind of malicious actors, you know, like mm-hmm. billionaires, maybe in cahoots with Russia, maybe not. And they had they were, they basically hijacked this utopian technology, and they turned it into a force of evil and and into a destructive force that was gonna you know take down Western democracy, you know. Um, and so and ever since 2016, that's been kind of the the rebranding of 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 the internet. It's been rebranded, right? And so for the first time, you had Mark Zuckerberg, you know, hauled in front of Congress. I mean, actually, that had never happened, you know. Um, you had um, you had CEOs of all the major uh, social media platforms actually come in and testify. You had you know various levels of their executives have t- forced to testify and and essentially swear allegiance to America. You know that they will do better next time. That they'll develop tools to protect their platforms from this malign foreign influence and from uh, protect these platforms from being hijacked by these evil forces sort of lurking around in the world. Um, and so, mm-hmm. I, and so, uh, politically, um, you know, um, it makes sense that this movie's come out now, and especially came out right before the election, which is again being, you know, everyone is uh, starting to freak out about how, uh, you know, Donald Trump's people, but which you know is but also foreign intelligence, yeah, actually. foreign intelligence, but, but Donald Trump is obviously a stooge for Putin, you know, and so they're all again using the same tactics that they used in 2016 to sway the vote in 2020. Um, you know, Just to interrupt you here, because I have like a scoop, I won't name any names, but yes. Sundance-related scoop. So most of the people, whatever the sort of liberal elites there, Harvard-educated and all, are now pretty much convinced that the Hunter Biden uh, photo leaks 
uh, is active measures of foreign intelligence yeah. and is fake news. <laughs> And it's some sort of like CGI, I don't know, deep fake Photoshop <laughs> to again, four years later, again, sort of um, hijack the democratic um, elections of this country. Yeah, basically to smear, to smear Donald, <laughs> to smear Biden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, to, and to basically, yeah, because Biden's son is uh, not known as a drug addict. Oh, he's been in rehab many, multiple times. I mean, he, is a, he has a known cocaine and crack problem. I mean, he's like, it's a, it's a known thing. So obviously photos emerging of him sleeping with a crack pipe uh, next to him are, you know, are deep fake. But yeah, exactly. And so, and, and, and what's interesting about that is this story in the New York Post came out. It was obviously a leak by the Trump people and Rudy Giuliani. And obviously there's an, there's a, there's an agenda there. You know, it, the point is to, to, is to smear and to make Biden look bad. Uh, I think with probably uh, the stuff that's is talked about, especially like the context with the Ukrainian oligarchs who sought to influence the Obama administration, while, mm-hmm. while uh, Biden was vice president and was sort of a point man on the Ukrainian policy, um, uh, and of course these oligarchs were, you know, employing uh, Hunter Biden as a, a sort of uh, paying him ridiculous amounts of money to sit on the board of this or this corrupt uh, energy company that was trying to um, escape prosecution. Anyway, that stuff is pretty dirty. It, it's there's 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 something very real there. Obviously, the Rudy Giuliani releasing this stuff now is aimed at you know, like hurting the Biden's people, but that's how politics work. But what's interesting is that immediately when that happened, I mean, within like an hour, Facebook and Google, uh, Facebook and Twitter began censoring the story. I mean, you couldn't even share a link to the story. You couldn't even, sh- you couldn't even tweet out a photograph of, of Hunter Biden with his crack pipe. They'd actually, they actually like <laughs> would, you know, recognize that picture and would block it from being, so they were actually trying to like prevent it. They were trying to censor it very, very crudely as a, as a way of stopping um, this sort of you know, disinformation campaign that everyone's convinced is actually a Russian op. So, active measures. Yeah, it's an active measures campaign by Putin. Um, and so of course it makes sense that this, that this documentary came out now. I mean, it's, a very, it's, a, it's like came out of the Sundance Institute, I think. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, the film itself? Ugh, I have to check. Did it go through the labs? I'm I, not it, sure. I looked at it. There was a. There was a. Uh, yeah, it went through some one of the, one lab version of it. I okay, don't then exactly it's actually it almost like internally sort of. Yes. Um, yeah. And so of grown. course it's like it's like it represents the um, kind of the uh, you know the background fears of our establishment, our liberal establishment, which is that kind of they lost control over the over the information landscape. Um, and no one's at the wheel, you know, mm-hmm. and there are these technologies that were once used for created for good stuff, as they repeatedly say on the document in the documentary. But the only good they actually I was trying to say, what concrete things they are like claiming the good stuff. The only concrete thing was something like um, old classmates could find each yes. other and reconnect. Old, old, yes, old friends could get together and and talk. Uh, via Beyond Facebook. that, I don't, I don't even know what was. I there. mean, I think there were, I think there was, they were alluding to you know democracy movements and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was just they're they're alluding to all the great stuff that these platforms even though they were very uh, vague about what was actually good about the stuff. And that all of a sudden, they refer to it, I just made some notes, like bad actors. Bad oh, yes. actors appeared on those platforms and started manipulating. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, can't, I can't really fully follow this type of, you know, rhetoric. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a very um, 2020, oh, 2016 kind of uh, rhetoric. It's like, there's good mm-hmm. actors, 
which is, I guess, yes. there's bad actors. <laughs> bad act- and that's pretty much, there's, there's, there's only two categories, really. And I guess by bad actors, I mean, they mean, like, basically foreigners. I mean, is that, I, I kind of, that's, it's like, it's a euphemism, I think. Because uh, I don't know, you know, like, a bad actor. Because they're very careful never, of course, to point the, the finger at themselves. All of these, yes. you know, high-powered tech guys who either left their original companies or, or were working somewhere in the business, but in in kind of, you know, they have their names and titles and things, yes. you know, but, but the fact that it shows how good they are, the fact that they're there as concerned citizens <laughs> after making millions all, or billions, by the and way. of course, yeah, the implication <laughs> is they were always good actors. There was never, <laughs> there was never anything sinister at all about the profit, the insane profit motive mm-hmm. for so much of this stuff that they say, yes, that's a problem, the profit motive, but we don't, we don't want it to be to be about that because you know that's good we want we want we, business we want to make them, money all these companies yes. to make money no there's a guy there was a guy there was a guy who said i think it's good that companies make money or something like yes. that yes i think it's important yes yeah but like we need values you know we need ethics we need a little regulation that's all just a little regulation yeah we'll, we'll, we'll take care i of mean this. look it's, it's so like yeah it's it's a, it, you know i think even the new republic piece talked about the sort of the if i'm not mistaken kind of the the ahistorical nature of um of this thing there's 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 no talk about you know who are these companies uh, you, know, what, yes. who, you know, where do they come out of? Like, you know, like, and generally the structure of, of modern American capitalism, right? Um, like, uh, because they're a, a part of it, you know, they're actually, I mean, they don't talk about the obvious thing is that these companies are actually just, you know, advertising companies, really. I mean, they're, they, they, mm-hmm. we, we, we kind of like exist in their advertising space and they gather all this information from us to show us ads. I mean, it's the most banal, most American thing possible and it goes back to Ever. yeah to, exactly. to the sure. to the to the origins of really kind of of modern american capitalism was is that you have this mm-hmm. industrial system that can produce just a, a ridiculous amounts of goods garbage. and just needs to offload that those goods on people who don't want them you know that's called garbage yeah just, yeah it, it just it, so the whole system of our society depends on like overproduction of of material goods and just selling it to people making people believe that their happiness depends on buying this shit you know, and like this is the this is this is this is the environment in which these companies sit. You know, like that is the function that that's how they make money. I mean, it's 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 like the most banal, most kind of I mean, just kind of depressing thing you can possibly imagine. You know, not like, new either. You no, know, and it's not new. It's just it's extremely. Um, it's just it's another version of this stuff, right? Like you have you know television shows. What are they? What are they, you know? What's television created for? You know, content. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are all these sitcoms created for? I mean, so what are soap operas created? But I mean, all television content is is created to produ- to, to to sell products. I mean, really, soap operas specifically. I know. You, yes. I think you told me a few years ago to sell soap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. it was funded by you know, yes, soap companies and 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 they hit up on a formula, particularly of, of like you know, of a kind of melodramatic cliffhangers to keep people kind of always coming back, uh, housewives. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but but it just but there isn't. So like there is no discussion of that and there's no critique of that actually. I mean of a society that depends on that's that wants to always modify people's behavior to do things that they don't wouldn't normally do and then and then do it in a very psychological manner which is associate their own happiness and their own right. well-being and their own like status in society with buying things that they don't really want, right? So it's the whole nature of of our society is that like it's it pours out of you from everywhere right um from every billboard from you know when you watch television when you watch when you listen to the radio i mean these old kind of platforms that we don't even interact that much anymore but that's that was the whole key i mean magazines were funded 
by advertisers. I mean, that's the whole point of all these adver- of, of most print media. It's actually, um, you know, it's so so. Uh, and the point is to uh, to influence people and to do things that they don't that they, they don't wouldn't necessarily want to do. Um, and so there isn't a critique of that kind of society. Um, mm-hmm. But instead, right, uh, your favorite lady Shoshana Zubov appears there yes. with her uh, reading of the situation as surveillance capitalism as something utterly new. Yes. Unlike yes. what you're saying, as as a continuum uh, with new technology, but the continuum of the same ideology, the same basically capitalistic system of goods production and distribution and selling and advertising. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead, this woman who is like I think a Harvard Business School professor, and uh, her book was huge. Uh, it's called like The Age of Surveillance Capitalism that came out. I think might be like the same year as yours came out, yeah, or came like out, a year yeah, after. Came out like not long after mine. Yeah. Very yeah, might be actually the same year. And that book was really well reviewed promoted and she's really kind of the face of this like almost like mild criticism of Silicon Valley and uh, yeah and her whole thing basically goes against what Yash is saying and against what sort of I guess almost common sense <laughs> and uh, historical reading uh, of the situation she's totally ahistorical right yeah, she's claiming yeah, yeah. it's all brand new capitalism yes. was good mm-hmm. before the surveillance came uh, in yeah i mean yeah I, I actually am a very big critic of, of the term surveillance capitalism because it's it's it seeks to just whitewash capitalism i mean oh, surveillance mm. capitalism is just normal capitalism in, in <laughs> right <laughs> with just the, the a, a, an added layer of this new information technology that does allow the collection of data um, you know on mm-hmm. a kind of unprecedented scale um, mm-hmm. It just, it just sort of, it, you know, it, it's more efficient. It's more efficient, and it's more pervasive, and it's yeah, exactly, and it's can it can be done on the fly. Um, it's sort of automated. It's really built into the very fabric of the of this technology. And you know, as I write in as I as I write in my book, Surveillance Valley, you know, surveillance and social control were key uh, um, goals of this technology from the very beginning, you know, when it was developed by the Pentagon in the 1960s. I mean, and even earlier, going back to the 1950s, sort of. To computer technology that technologies that predated the, the internet and that kind of fed into it, mm-hmm. which were about surveilling the modern world, which are you know the mm-hmm. first big um, computer network type of system was um, you know a radar um, was an early warning radar system that you know used these radar installations all across America to surveil the skies right and to be able to watch airplanes moving that's say, sage no. uh, sage yeah yeah sage and this was like the biggest it, co- it it cost more to develop that system than to build the atomic bombs so the manhattan pro- it cost more than money than the than the manhattan project it was a huge thing very few people know about it but it was quite literally a surveillance program right where mm-hmm. you, uh, surveillance technology in a platform where you know inst- you reduce an airplane flying through the sky to a little to a little dot on a screen, you know, and, and it's that we see it in movies all the time, you know, a guy sitting at a, at like a, in a darkened room in front of a screen with a sort of a, ro- a rotating sweeping line, right, in a circle, and you see little dots show up, and they're tracking them, and, and that was, that was the, that was the beginning of network computer systems, it was to surveil, and it was to observe the world, and so when you transfer that to a more of a, a kind of a, you bring that down to the ground, and you bring a technology down to being able to track people, to be able to profile um, political movements, to be able to ingest, you know, dossiers on people, to make connections between individuals. I mean, this, these these aspects were um, very much part of the early internet that was developed. So it's and so it's not it's not surprising that they kind of grew and, and became even you know bigger when the stuff went commercial uh, in the 1990s and then we now live in this kind of uh, almost like we are we are those little dots on the screen you know um, 
for Google or for, for Facebook or for Twitter, they can see us really moving um, around you know, the world in real time and seeing all our connections between people and what we're interested in, what we're reading, you know, what we're tweeting about, what we're ordering on Amazon, all these things. You know, we are like these, they can get all the data on us, but that was built into the very nature of what computers were created to do. And, and then even, even earlier, when you go to a kind of pre-digital stuff, when you go to these punch card tabulators, that were developed really in the 19th century, um, they, were, they were designed to count people. I mean, for, for the US census, that was the whole point uh, of early, the earliest computers, they were t- to tabulate information, on, uh, to be able to um, gather information about people and then to you know, uh, crunch that, that data and to make, you know, make it, put it into a, a form that people can use and that lawmakers could use. And so um, mm. it was really about surveilling people. <clears throat> So yeah, so th- there isn't really anything new about the internet. It's just that it's sort of, uh, and 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 you know, and for and for for capitalism, you know, it's I, I feel I feel like it's even more than you know I don't know like communism or socialism. Capitalism is really 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 obsessed with data. I mean I I, I mean like it's a, because it's all about if you think about it, it's like the the you have to as a good capitalist you need to gather data on all the products you know how much is that guy paying for that product how much is he paying for that product what's the market price you know what's the clearing price you're obsessed with um, you know value uh, you know with price with profit right it's like it's like a system that's constantly needs to measure to assess to monitor to uh, give valuation to you know, resources mm-hmm. to pieces of land, right? Like, it's it's a capitalism is a system just totally obsessed with surveillance and, and categorizing the world and categorizing people. Um, and so, the idea that like surveillance capitalism is something new and is something totally distinct from capitalism or like a, some kind of new iteration of capitalism, I mean, it's, it's it's totally ridiculous. But in a way, it's kind of like crony capitalism, where people say, oh, that's crony capitalism, as if that's that's the bad kind of capitalism, you know? That what I was taught in my economics undergraduate program at Moscow University is that basically we have crony capitalism in Russia, Ooh. but like it was assumed that I guess in America, Western Europe, capitalism is great. Yes. And our situation is bad because it's crony. I mean, it was pretty in the op- like. I didn't doubt it. I was and, too young. And, I was like, okay. And w- which is why, like, there's all these problems, right? Yeah, yeah. it was like very mm. corrupt. It's like an efficient, you know, not transparent. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. it would be working perfectly, just great. Yeah, <laughs> and the market would <laughs> would be taking care of all the problems. Yeah, no, yeah, and that's like a big like. If you read like you know libertarian literature on this stuff, it's like they're always <laughs> talking about how you know they draw a line between you know capitalism, like pure capitalism, which is good, and if you just but in crony capitalism or like you know with, with with which which is a perverted form of of capitalism which distorts all of its benefits and in a way uh, surveillance capitalism kind of does all this does does the same thing to capitalism it sort of gives the underlying business model uh, and the sort of and the larger social and economic system in which these uh, platforms like Google and Facebook and Amazon and Apple would exist mm-hmm. It kind of gives them an out in a way, um, uh, without by just looking almost so pure purely at, at these at you know at at the business practices of these companies. It gives the larger system an out, um, and and mm-hmm. and thinking that if yeah. we actually just tinker with these companies, everything is going to be fine. You know, do you feel it's mm-hmm. like some sort of uh, actually industry whitewashing? 
of the problem. I, I mean, I think she, that's why, in a, in a large way, why she, her book was so successful and why everybody loved it is because it's sort of, um, because it leaves the underlying, um, you know, the underlying culture and assumptions and values of our society, of American society intact completely. Mm-hmm. It doesn't criticize a society that's based on extracting profit from everything. Uh, and it's very seductive because it's it's this movie in particular seems perfectly designed for people who feel like a problem is taken care of if they've felt immense concern. It's like that's what you need to do. You have to feel this like, oh my gosh, this is such a serious problem. And you see it in the reviews so much. Like that is mm. that is the thrill. <laughs> that you feel this concern and maybe you're gonna you're gonna regulate your own behavior a little. And that, that and that's like a wow for people now. You see that on the internet all the time. Yes. Like how fast can you be the most concerned person on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever the fuck it is? And this movie seems designed for that. Absolutely. Self-help almost, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Kind of, right? Yeah. Sort of nudging yeah, but, you in that the, direction. But it never wants anything truly disrupted or to really have to do anything. You, mm-hmm. you, the concern itself is the doing. <laughs> and I think documentaries are, are have been designed in this way for a very long time. That, Just yeah. if you look at the type of people who go to documentaries, and I'm one, I have to admit, I'm ashamed to say. I've always liked the documentary, though I'm liking it less and less all the time as I watch stuff like this. And that's exactly it. You're there as a concerned citizen and that and that's your virtue that is your virtue that you sat there and took in this information yeah. <laughs> and are now aware and somehow that that alone somehow addresses problems my little thesis film basically is about that and i yes and i definitely change maker th- change maker and i think of it you know it's wider than just this one little thing that centers around a brooklyn <laughs> kind of asshole documentary fictional documentary filmmaker but it's actually literally li- kind of like a liberal church that preaches mm-hmm. change making mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. starting conversations mm-hmm. through starting conversations yeah it's an outdoor like a church meeting or something where people bear witness mm-hmm. to one another's yeah. sins <laughs> Right? Testify. You testify. <laughs> yeah. You come up to the and you let yeah, the yeah. spirit in, and you yeah. and you and everyone sort of is very is very supportive of this, right? And and everyone yeah. kind of is part of the spectacle, and then everybody sort of you know chants together and prays together. But also, there's a right. bit of self-flagellation, like yes. a, a little bit, and after that, you kind of feel better. But that's part of it. Now you feel better. That's part of it because you, re- you have <laughs> everything to, you, can go on as usual. You have to yeah. you have to admit your own sins, right? You have yeah. to you have to you have to be public about them. You have to come out with them. You mm-hmm. have to recognize mm-hmm. your sinfulness and that your privilege and then and repent your, and, and then hail marys and then all good <laughs> yes and then yeah, yeah exactly no it's and then tweet about it you know have a conversation about it that's very short probably and then that's it you know and then you move on to the next yeah, thing yeah and, and the movie is so designed that way because in fact in the middle it gets very you know the music itself yes. is sinister you know and you've got those ridiculous um human personification there's three it's this played by the same actor some i forget his name from mad men yeah he got he, so like sort of, of overweight for it yeah he, but got, he, gained, he got older and gained a bit of weight yeah yeah and he's representing you know the the algorithm at work and he's behind the scenes saying you know in a, in a dystopian sci-fi set that's very cheesy in yes. high school and he's like manipulating the, the vulnerable teenage boy to making him go to that extreme extreme center protest and they're saying evil things and they're all wearing identical black jackets with you know different colored t-shirts under them and yeah, and so you, so all all that's going on in the middle, and there's even in the middle, it gets the closest to identifying the profit motive as a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, 
But then it's going to take it all back by the end because you're going to go through this extreme concern, feel, you know, feel like, oh, my God, now I'm really aware of what, how this is supposed to really work in a sinister way. And then they've got to get you out. they got to get you out of church. You know, having felt like <laughs> you've beaten yourself, you prayed, you said the Hail Marys, you've done whatever, and now you can kind of go out going, yeah, I, I need to, you know, have my child be only on for four hours a day <laughs> or whatever it is. And and then you you can leave satisfied. Yes, you've yes. You've done it. You know, like, what are these tools? What are, are these tools? I mean, look, these tools are extremely connected to uh, uh, deeply intertwined with uh, the economy and with just American the, Empire, and, and American Empire um, with just, I mean, they are an extension of America. I mean, mm -hmm. these, like the fights that, you know, other countries have with these platforms and the, and the, and the, um, you know, like in, not just in Russia, in, in China, in Iran, in Russia, even in Europe, who, you know, resent uh, these platforms having so much power and then basically them having no, none of their own alternatives, but they are an extension of, um, you know, the, the, the laws that govern these platforms are laws that are, you know, that are American laws, all the data. Yeah. Yes. And, and the yeah, government ID and they are all, all the data stored in America. They're, um, you know, have the NSA and, and America's intelligence agencies, you know, have jurisdiction over all the data that's being collected all mm -hmm. around the world, you know, and mm -hmm. some of the stuff is being challenged, you know, here and there. Um, but, but still, like they are an extension of America, like they are, they are, um, you know, like, and and w as soon as a country wants to stop uh, these platforms and these technologies from entering, uh, mm -hmm. you know, within their borders, right, or wants to regulate them mm -hmm. in some way, they're they're immediately labeled enemy uh, enemies, and it's mm -hmm. like, and it's like, it's almost like a war. You know, it's like a it's an act of war to limit uh, the expansion of these technologies and these platforms in, in, in into other countries, and so. I mean, uh, it's a it's a big part of it actually. If you look at like the at the axis mm -hmm. of evil and all the kind of the you know the the states that America sees as enemies or potential enemies, they're they're either you know completely block uh, some these these platforms, you know, uh, the American internet, or have a very con or have a somewhat of a contentious relationship with them, um, mm -hmm. like in Russia. Uh, Russia has a kind of a, always a back and forth about you know the sovereignty of of Russia of Russian sort of internet space and and what and what you know, and what American com uh, companies can do there. And so these things are an extension of America. They're part of the, yeah, they're part of the empire. And like this doesn't even, no one. But no one talks because, you know, we sometimes talk about it. Obviously, There's yeah. this yeah. American exceptionalism going on, which really precludes any, seems like at least this liberal elites or whatever it seems to be, these are the people who are producing and making this type of films and documentaries in general and Social Dilemma in particular, they, they cannot question, they, they can criticize certain aspects that are detrimental mm -hmm. as they deem the detrimental to their children or their own psyche, but it, it really cannot penetrate the American exceptionalism. Mm -hmm. So it, it feels like it can't be anything can be that wrong or that bad or that initially, I don't know, corrupt uh, that that things to really need like some kind of like upheaval, like almost like a revolution of some sort. So that's, that's like an impossible conversation there. They go totally blank if you start talking about American exceptionalism. Yeah. It's, not even, it's not even a desired yeah. or accepted term. Yeah. I use it, but it's sort of, yes. you know, in those circles, it's not yeah. accepted. Even I think Eileen is getting upset. I can hear Are you? It. I can hear it. No. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> yes, America may have problems, but it's still the best still country in the world. We're number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, you know what, you know, you know what's funny is that, like, I mean, how, how, um, you know, just what a difference 
a decade makes. I mean, like you probably remember this, you know, in 2008 when Obama, mm-hmm. you know, won the election. I mean, he um, he like essentially it was it was the, it was his victory was called like the it, well the, the election was called like the first Facebook election right mm-hmm. and he uh, part of what he what he did like he actually had people who um, one of the co-founders of um, Facebook actually worked on his campaign and like did the digital stuff on his campaign it was it was somewhat um, innovative mm-hmm. at the time and it was it was really about like building profiles of mm-hmm. voters and then and then it, when the the social media was just beginning to 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 be used but really like actually getting people um it was about changing people's behavior and getting friends to nudge their you know getting you to nudge your friends mm-hmm. into signing up for obama and to, to come up to, to his events and they so they were using these digital mm-hmm. tools to build profiles of voters mm-hmm. right um and um you know and to sway the election and this was supposed to this was considered to be a mm-hmm. good thing you know um and there was like you know this they were doing this sort of micro targeting you know which is that like you really just want to figure out okay who is who is a swayable who is a potential mm-hmm. voter and who is connected to many different people and you like want to push on those people you know you want to make sure that they you know reach out to their social networks and i mean it was really um that in that campaign was 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 built and, and run that part of his campaign was written, built and run by a one of the co-founders of Facebook, this guy named Chris mm-hmm. Hughes, um, and in fact, he might Chris Hughes might even be um, like one of the on the board of directors of the Center for Humane mm-hmm. Technologies. Um, I, I got to check on that. Maybe, may, may, but but some early people from Facebook are part of this, you know, effort to f- to to fix Facebook or whatever. But like the whole point of these of these platforms was about um, surveilling mm-hmm. people, profiling them. And getting them to change their behavior. That was like, that's the, that's the that reason for existence. Exactly. So when, when Obama well, yeah, was, and it was a, all, a, a, he's know, the uh, first tech savvy, what, presidential candidate. He's, thank God. And it was almost exactly. like, thank he had a Blackberry. God, somebody who yeah. isn't mired in yeah. the past. Yeah. He actually can make, he can actually work these things. You know, I remember very clearly. Yeah. It was being celebrated the whole time. Yeah. And yeah, and then 2016, I think I think a billion dollars just into the 2016 election was went to the 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 bill the the main three um, tech companies for in just election uh, related advertising in 2016. A billion dollars to Facebook, Twitter, and Google, so they make money off this stuff. I mean, and all that all that yeah, advertising but then is really somehow a few kind of like Russian sponsored ads yeah. sort of like hijacked it all. You know, Russia spent like you know less than. Probably less than fifty thousand uh, dollars, and they were able to hijack the election. And uh, you know, the richest people in America yeah. spent at least a billion dollars, probably more. I mean, this is just what's sort of reported um, on dig- just on mm-hmm. digital advertising. Um, but Russians are nefarious, yes. so they know what to do with their fifty thousand yes, dollars. Exactly. But so, but so <laughs> exactly. And so, the whole point of these platforms and like the service that they offer to uh, advertisers, you know, their clients, is that you can. Um, micro-target your audience and then get them to change their behavior. And, that, and so, um, and like, this is just such a, I mean, even like, it's, it's actually kind of interesting that they, I wonder if they did this on purpose, the guy from Mad Men playing the computer algorithm. I just, I just, it just, right. it just came, it just, I just realized it. Why? Because doesn't it seem like, yes. Yes, because well, <laughs> Mad Men, what are they doing? They're trying to get people to buy shit. They're trying to, yes. they're working, they work on Madison Avenue. They work in advertising. Which mm-hmm. is the or- origins of of this whole industry? Um, so you were supposed to like figure it out by seeing him and that. A lot role. of a number of critics pointed it out. Oh wow! So, oh, is this I so clever? My own, I thought it was my own brilliant idea. Oh God! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I cracked the code. No, exactly. And so and so. Um, I mean, I guess that's you know, like I guess that's as far as they'll go into 
discussing that part of for you people know, who can get it's it. It's like, oh, look, we yeah, we're we're, we're we're actually criticizing the advertising industry and generally, you know, the foundation of of um, American society. You know, um, yeah, you, you know, just. Um, so I won't forget, I was surprised to see that. Um, so Eileen, you probably know who Masha Gessen is, right? You heard um, of her? No. no. Um, oh, she's like a Russian-American journalist. Oh, yes. I think, yes. I think you mentioned yeah. yeah, and she's, um, oh, I don't know how to describe Whatever, her. She's just a journalist slash like a pundit, a pundit slash Liberal Russia pundit. expert. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's, you know, she's whipped mm-hmm. out every time you need to, uh, you need like, you know, the liberals need, uh, you need to be scared about Putin and, you know, danger that autocracy, uh, not, wait, not autocracy. Totalitarianism. So she's a specialist in that because she lived um, as an adult. She's an immigrant as a kid, but then as an adult, she came back to Moscow and worked for many years uh, as a journalist there. And so she's like a real specialist on autocracy and totalitarianism. And so she's really like the biggest funded on that uh, within, mm. you know, those liberal she's media. She's extremely well respected. You know, yeah, she's very respected. Like, but as far as a Russia expert, yeah. Yeah, but I was surprised mm-hmm. to see on Twitter just recently, she, um, it was a surprising take. She, she said that about social dilemma. Social dilemma is vile. It believes that the problem is conspiracies and lies. Like if all uh, were out in the open and we weren't been secretly manipulated, uh, it would be fine to leave the architecture and management of our public sphere to a few profit-driven corporations. Right. Okay. Right. Which exactly. was, sounds very sensible, especially for her, and mm-hmm. kind of surprising to even, to even go there because she's been mm-hmm. with kind of fully with the empire, with the profit-driven seems to be model of just capitalism mm-hmm. here, fully on board. And that that's kind of surprising. And I don't know if Yasha knows anything in terms of, I, I again, I don't see much of a pretty, um, again, common sense uh, criticism of the film or of any kind of like yeah. actual Silicon Valley company. There's so little, at least if you read the reviews, I was just stunned how many people just buy in 110%. The most they'll say is, well, that, that fictional section with the family what is a little cheesy, lame yeah. or something. <laughs> but that's the big criticism. Otherwise, they're they're saying what you, what you, your uh-huh. quote, you know, this is the most important documentary you'll yeah. see this year. Yeah. You know, just raves, rave review. I was shocked. It's such a lame piece of shit. Yes. It's, the bullshit is so hot. From the very opening, when they're faking that kind of impromptu shit. Oh, you yes. You know, pretending uh. like they're just setting up to make it seem like behind you're being the brought scenes, in behind yeah. the scenes. You know, and seeing guys go, oh, I always get nervous at this part where you have to get interviewed on camera. Blah, 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 while they're being interviewed on camera. It's so much bullshit. And that guy, Tristan Harris. Oh, my God. Who's the, what, what do they call him? Silicon Valley's conscience. That's his apparently. That's what, that's, that's what they refer to yes. him as. Yes. He's the most punchable human being I've ever seen in my life. Yes, I mean, if someone needs to be tortured in the dungeons of the, you know, this the center for you know a, a humane technology, it's him. Yes, <laughs> that's him, right? He's the member. Right? He's the founder. Well, and and that's, there, yeah. there's another thing about this movie that's actually okay. So okay, so there's it's it's pretty it's a pretty weird documentary because I mean. It just comes off as a big advertising um, pitch for the center, right? I mean, because it's like, um, it, actually, it's not even talked about, but a lot of the people who are interviewed, who are, in, you know, there's like Kathy O'Neill. There's by other, Rene DeResta. Yeah, and I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And then like some, some other, some other um, sort of data scientists are like, you know, these critics. They're actually, mm-hmm. were involved in the, in the, the founding of this institute. Um, and if you mm-hmm. look at the credits, and I was trying to Google this because I, I, I saw it at some point, but I, I couldn't find it again. But it just it, it seemed like it was done in coll- it was a, it was done in collaboration with. So basically, the documentary was done in collaboration with 
the center. And a lot of the people who are mm. interviewed, including you know the, the the main character, is the founder mm. of this of this think tank. And actually, there's yeah. another guy. Um, the uh, co- there's another co-founder. I think his name is. Um, um, I can't remember his name now. So there's two co-founders, but then, you know, one of them is really given you know, prominent placement in this thing. And then many of the people who are interviewed are also um, involved in it, either people who work for the, for, the, for the think tank or were, you know, sort of founding um, consultants mm-hmm. or, you know, on the, on the, like sort of on the board of directors um, uh, at the very beginning that helped set it up. So, and if you go to the, the website of this institute, it's like the, the documentary is almost like part of their program, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's like there's a whole section dedicated to talking about the documentary, giving people, you know, like study guides or something and having, you know, being able to talk to people and talk to coworkers about ethical choices that you can make as, a, as an engineer when you're making software. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a big, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, it's, it's almost like the center's initi- initiative to, to create this thing in order to promote itself, you know. And the center mm-hmm. is, is, is funded by Silicon Valley um, foundations and, and Silicon Valley think tanks. I mean, one of the founders is, funders of this think tank is Pierre Omidyar, who is this very nefarious <laughs> character. You know, he's the founder of eBay. He's this extreme libertarian um, who mm-hmm. wants to financialize every part of um, every person on the planet, even, you know, people who are making $20, you know, a month. He wants to put them into micro debt and make profit off that micro debt and like track them with apps and all this stuff. It's, it's, he's a very dystopian fucking guy who also helps to, uh, happens to uh, fund uh, the intercept. Yes. Uh, the big Which sort is of, where you probably heard of him. The, <laughs> the big, the big progressive, yeah, yeah, the big progressive yeah. sort of thing. And he's he's completely no one criticizes him because he throws his money around. He's totally corrupted progressive journalism because he bought off all the main progressive journalists, and he funds this. And then it's, he's not the only one. I mean, there's like the Ford Foundation. You know, there's other foundations. All the liberal and kind of strange, opaque, liberal uh, corporate philanthropy groups are funding this. You know uh, this mm-hmm. think tank, so it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise that it, it's it's criticism, you know, of Silicon Valley and of generally of capitalism. You know, it doesn't exist. If, you know, there is no mm-hmm. criticism of capitalism and the system that these mm-hmm. these platforms serve. But then it makes sense that there's such a toothless cr- criticism of the industry, right? Because they are funded right. by the industry in in, in effect. Mm-hmm. And so and it's, so and the um, you know obviously the documentary doesn't talk about that. Like, who are these people? Why are they talking right. about this? Like, why do they have, why do they have a certain perspective? You know, what like so the documentary is extremely superficial, and you know, there's all, all sorts of but manipulative. Yeah, too. manipulative. I and think there's it's also not superficial. Is actually almost yes, you're right, you're right, understatement. Yes. You know? It's not super, it's, it's superficial by design. You know, and and and, and manipulative Absolutely. in that sense. Yeah. So like because no, that is why they open it as if you're as if you're spying on them before the documentary officially starts so you feel like oh i'm really getting the inside of you and they you're actually not getting the inside of you <laughs> no and also yes and also that the that the director or whoever you know is actually giving you like you're not supposed to show these parts right right mm-hmm. like these are like these so are the, edit it out yeah these part, are the you're, he's, yeah. he's not trying to make these people look good right mm, he's right. actually showing them warts yes. and all so like look at them kind of uh you know stumbling and being being un- uncertain and the being you know uh-huh. sh- showing their weakness so yeah i totally agree that's very just like you and me it's actually <laughs> it's actually true yeah it's extremely even right off the bat and it's an ex- it sets it up in an extremely manipulative way um yeah. and meanwhile hiding all of these all the stuff that's uh, behind the surface which is that all of these people 
And Jenny, when we were watching this, Jenny pointed out, it's like, wait, every academic that comes on the screen, you know, because they all have these like really long titles, most of them, they all have like 10 different affiliations. You know, the mm-hmm. people, if you know, if you notice, like, it's not just like, they're like, at you, least two or three. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the people are, they're all, they're, they, they're involved in different organizations. And so, but most of the academics that are, t- you know, interviewed are also on like some uh, corporate think tank. You know, there's like the mm-hmm. artificial intelligence now think tank that's trying to do this ethical corporate AI <laughs> bullshit, you know, and then um, there's other people. So there, it's also, it's all these think tank people. And so, mm-hmm. um, who, who almost have covers as academics. Yes. Some woman like, and some like NYU adjunct something. Yes. While okay. Also a think tank While person. actually she is part of this, the big think tank, which probably she gets all her money from. So all the people that are interviewed mm-hmm. come from, you know, come from corporate think tanks. Uh, funded by the Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, uh, mm-hmm. the center itself that's presented as this, as this, as this only like kind of good place, you know, uh, in Silicon Valley is actually funded by these but, by these same Silicon but that, Valley. And that's oligarchs. the perfect thing to hide, right? Yes. Because because the, Tristan Harris tells that long story. Remember, it goes into animation showing him, you know, where he writes up the first report. I think it's while he's still oh, in Google, yes, he claims yes, or something. Yes. And he turns it, you know, everyone's watching this thing. And then it winds up going to the head of the company because people refer, he doesn't bring it. And then he's thinking great things are going to happen. There's going to be big reforms, but then nothing happens. <laughs> and it's really a way to indicate he tried to reform from within. But, you know, the big boss just clearly killed, you know, what could have been an act of regulation reform from within or whatever. And so the whole implication is there's this separation, but as you're saying, it's being funded. Yes, it's being funded. By Silicon yeah. Valley. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, which is perfect. Yeah, but okay, I actually then uh, would say that that film quoted so closer to the beginning, I don't know if you remember, something like uh, fake news travels six times faster than true news, Yes. which is, yeah. I don't know really what true news is, but that's a whole different, almost metaphysical true. questions. Yes. <laughs> question. But actually, this film is fake news. See, that's why it travels so fast. You know, and travel. Oh, yeah, it travels so fast. Everyone knows about it. Everyone it either is scared it's totally or excited. News, yeah. no. So it's fake news. So, I mean, I don't know. It's almost like a more nefarious than any nefarious thing they accuse, let's say, of Russians doing or, or bad actors doing, which whatever they were, like, irrespective of their and it's, nationality. And it's, it's just hit an utter low point yeah. in documentary filmmaking. Yes. I mean, when are we going to get another documentary movement where the doc documentary filmmakers start interrogating themselves? The, the, these, these means that they're... That they're willing to use now are just shocking. Yes. I mean, just shocking. Yeah. Shit. And this is, and the fact that the Sundance, you know, had a hand in in, in producing this actually says quite a lot well, because Sundance this is in the center of yes, this church. Yes, because this this is the the, cent- the central right, the, the central sort of player. That's right. In they the, help popularize the the documentary for mass audiences. Young people who kind of might be going into docs, sort of because I was sort of one of them, but go into documentaries, mm-hmm. uh, not really thinking much and that's where they swayed <laughs> no but that's true. true that's where you sort of dragged into by whether your mm-hmm. school or some people you meet because that's where you can get some sort of funding and that's what people mm-hmm. are interested in that's like a whole right. big machine and i can talk about it <laughs> for a long time but it, like it, it's not the, it's not the time i mean i you know mm-hmm. yeah no, but i know i think it's actually kind of it is the time because i think look this this it's like this documentary actually is you know it encapsulates so much of the stuff you talk about like the mm-hmm. which is just the you know, but it's it's like it's that, but with another actually element, which is that it's it's sort of liberal church and is designed to um, make people think they're participating in a political process mm-hmm. and that they actually care and that this is this is their way that they, you know, basically are, you know, it, it, 
active in a democracy, right? Uh, liberals, you know, by watching <laughs> this stuff. They're citizens, engaged but, citizens, basically. But it takes that, and, and usually, you know, people just have, you know, there might be some unstated values and ideologies and, you know, in some of these films. But in this case, it actually takes that, like, liberal church, liberal sort of d democratic participation of these, doc of these documentaries, and it actually... Um, use that as uses that as a manipulative tool to mm -hmm, basically mm -hmm. whitewash Silicon Valley, um, and to mm -hmm. and to and to and to basically and to like yeah like uh, and because it's not a documentary it, it's it's you know the more that I think about it now you know I mean my COVID related Alzheimer's you know like I cleared up <laughs> yeah like I mean I have like a moment a moment of clarity here I mean a very very rare moment of clarity is that it's it's actually. Um, just a propaganda film, you know, um, designed yeah. specifically to, 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 to almost redirect people's attention away from, from like the truth of it. Yes, almost. the truth they, of it. Yes. They, talk, they say fake news. I lost my clarity there. Just uh, there was about two ten <laughs> seconds that it existed. It's gone. <laughs> So thank you for helping me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or to make to make sure you just think these minor cosmetic things that I will do. First, I'll be super concerned, yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell my friends to be super concerned, probably on social media, and be really freaked then, out about it. Be very freaked out about and then this. <laughs> maybe I'll regulate my child's, you know, intake a little bit for a week or two. Yes, and then it'll all be taken care of. Yes. And you, there's no need to look at anything systemic or think about it anymore. You took care of it. It's really actually, it's it's actually kind of brilliantly effective when you think of it in those terms. And, and you know, and just actually, because I, I think it is an important point. So, so that was a big, like, so the, you know, telling the story of, of the founder of this, of this Institute for Humane Technology, right? It was a big part of sort of getting people to identify with, with this guy. And like, okay, this guy mm -hmm. saw a problem. He did try to do something about it. And then sort of the corporate leadership and Sergey Brin or whatever, like, it just sort of fizzled out. And, you know, here he is like 16 years later, you know, making this documentary. And so, but actually, you know, and he says, particularly he says he was helping create Gmail, right? Um, that was his kind of job at Google. And actually there's a much better story about um, the subversion of an attempt to sort of regulate people's privacy and attempts to preserve people's privacy on Gmail. He said in 2004, actually, that same year, mm -hmm. um, Google basically destroyed a, a California state senator who tried to um, uh, enact legislation that would um, like notify uh, uh, Google users and, well. and, 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 and uh, force Google to get their explicit consent um, to read and to profile their emails because when Google, uh, when Gmail rolled out, mm -hmm. their whole thing is that they were financing it through, um, you know, surveillance, right? So they were going to pay, you're, you're getting this, you're getting a free email account with a huge, um, uh, you know, like st a huge amount of space. I think it was, you know, a couple of gigabytes at the time, which is un unheard of. Like Yahoo gave you like, I don't know, like, I don't know, 25 gig megabytes or something or 50 megabytes of storage space. So like it was like revolutionary. It's like they were giving you unlimited space. But the way they're going to pay for it is that they were basically going to profile everything that you uh, write in your emails or and, and everything that people uh, send you emails about, right? And then show you ads on top of that, like in, 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 the, wind, in the Gmail sort of um, mm -hmm. window. And so people were freaking out because there, it was clearly... It's like Google was reading your mail, right? I mean, that's what it was doing. Mm -hmm. And so back then, it was a, it was a new thing, and there was enough uh, actually concern. I mean, there were some some um, you know civil civil liberties groups, some 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 early privacy uh, advocates, you know, raised the fuss about it. The state senator, Liz Figueroa, uh, like you know, uh, drafted this legislation that would have forced um, Google and other companies that want to scan your communication online, right, to get explicit c consent from you. Um, and, and get mm -hmm. explicit consent from all parties. 
which is actually mm-hmm. which would have been pretty actually prohibitive uh, to Gmail because mm-hmm. it wouldn't be able to read incoming mail. You know, um, mm-hmm. even if you uh, even if you agree to it, but because it was also it, it meant that it was reading other people's mail, right? That that didn't agree mm-hmm. to it, um, and and. Google launched this crazy lobbying effort uh, with the with the help of the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which is the premier, you know, sort of privacy and civil liberties, digital civil liberties think tank that's in uh, San Francisco that everybody respects. And it like totally destroyed this woman. And like, and then they even called in Al Gore um, at the time. Oh. Yeah, they, who was you know who was like now working in Silicon Valley as mm-hmm. a, in, as a venture capitalist. <laughs> and they even called oh. her in, and he like brought her into his suite in the San Francisco Hyatt. Um, mm-hmm. And like gave her a dressing down and told her that like don't do this you're gonna destroy the industry like uh, trust me mm-hmm. like trust these guys they they have you know they have the the best interests everyone's best interests in mind and he <laughs> and it got shut down so that's what, that happened in 2004 just when this guy mm-hmm. was working on this you know Gmail project so. He talks about his proposal, you know, to take design more seriously, you know, oh, we're affecting so many people, you know, reading emails. Like, yes. There's another aspect to it, which they, of course, don't get into because it would, you know, you would get into something uh, fundamental, which is that this is not a new thing. People have been talking about this for, for many years. And it, every time that it rises to the level of a threat, it gets completely destroyed and shut down because it would threaten mm-hmm. the entire industry and, and, its, and its existence mm-hmm. because it's built on surveillance. It's built on, um, you know profiling people and then trying to change their behavior through advertising um, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and other kinds of like curated content experiences, you know? Um, so, but there's, but, so there's that whole, I was watching and I was like, okay, you're just like, you're just, either you don't know the story because it's very possible he doesn't know about this, this episode. And even mm-hmm. if you did know about it, obviously it's not going to go into the, into the, into the mm-hmm. documentary because you don't, be. <laughs> you don't actually talk about anything specific. It's all He's a pretty young abstract. guy, you know? Yeah, but... I mean, I don't know. He was working on Gmail when it was happening, so he wasn't that young. That's true. <laughs> he was probably mm-hmm. getting paid, you know, six figures while that was happening. Uh, so, um, mm-hmm. but it, 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 anyway, like I was thinking about that, and it also highlights the fact that there's there's actually nothing concrete discussed in that documentary. It's all. That's what I want yeah. to say. It's such a mumbo jumbo and so intentionally convoluted. Seems like intentionally. There's no history there. There's no fully historical, convoluted, like. Mixed no, signals. There is everything. no reason to have that animated segment. I was just going, "What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why do we need?" This? But it adds to a kind of multimedia confusion of like, "Ooh, now we've moved into this other, uh, other way of representing," and then the fictional nonsense, which is horrible. It's so bad. And you're like, yeah, but it throws a million things at you. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, now I really know everything when you're done and you don't know anything. No, yeah. but, but also, again, I don't know if it's intentional. It seems like it's intentional. It does this kind of like this weird thing while it's sort of discussing interesting phenomenon of like, I don't know, social networks, the whole internet, oh, widespread internet usage. It's, it's like, yeah, it manages somehow not to say much, which is... It seems to be almost kind of hard to do because, you know, I don't, I, how do you manage to not say anything clearly while saying a lot? It's like a fairly long uh, Or you say film. a bunch of stuff and then find a way to undermine and take back what you said by the end. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but you're right. There's a lot of it. There's obviously Yasha's bringing all this concrete stuff that mm-hmm. could have been brought in to really prove your case and is carefully not brought in. No. <laughs> there's clearly information. And all these guys, such insiders would know. The po- yeah, know. the point of it is like there is this algorithm that's manipulative, and yes. if we just stop this algorithm from being manipulative, 
manipulative. Um, and it's almost algorithm manipulative on its own. Yes. It's just how yes. algorithm. Oh, no, they totally do that. That's why they characterize we it. We don't as even know what it's doing men. now. <laughs> you know? yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It also perfects itself and becomes more manipulative. <laughs> it went rogue like the Terminator, which they cite, don't they? Don't they? Yes. They do, they yes. do. He's like, I'll be back. Yeah, he's there, Schwarzenegger. No, so how is it possible he's on its own so manipulative? There was that, there was that, great, uh, there was that great bit of this sort of a really, uh, like, you can tell he's like a rich dad, you know, lives somewhere and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he lives in Santa Monica or somewhere, you know, like, he, you know, he's sitting behind, he's like dressed in all white, he's kind of fit. He's be, I don't know what. Uh, uh, he, he worked on the, this big um, uh, image uh, program, Pinterest. Oh, yes, the Pinterest guy, the founder of Pinterest. Yeah. Or one of the founders. Yeah. Pinterest. Um, yeah, so we're, yeah, COVID related, Alzheimer's. Um, <laughs> so, and he was like saying, and it's so bad, like, yeah, we, we, we didn't even know what we created. And like, here I was, I came home, you know. I have two young kids. You have two young kids, I have like a wife, and I'm standing in the pantry looking at my phone. It's like, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you in the pantry? I don't know. I don't feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, you're like, you're standing in the pantry instead of like getting, you know, you're out like some, uh, you know, your Italian pasta, you know, to boil, like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're stuck on. But basically, they're like, they're saying that we created, we're so brilliant. We created this amazing technology that we thought we were supposed to be, you know, it was actually doing good stuff, but it's so, com mm -hmm. you know, it's so sophisticated that we yeah. are victims of itself. Of, of, uh, we, the creators, yes, we are also victims. we had no idea. Yes, yes, yeah. It's like, what hath God wrought, practically? You know, somehow <laughs> evil was built in that we didn't realize. And, I know, and so we really need more ethics. So right. like, I guess, you know, the, the I, see where they're, I see where they're going. They're like, okay, we need to basically ki keep kids away from this stuff, you know, which is not yeah. a bad idea necessarily, you know. I mean, it, it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, keep kids away from it. Um, uh, no, they do say that their kids aren't allowed. Yes. That's among the last remarks. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't let my kids on any social media. You know, that's pretty much in Silicon Valley. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. And the all people the Montessori stuff, schools, they don't, no yeah, screens. Yeah, they don't, they don't like let kids use the screens. I know that Steve Jobs, I yeah. think, was famous for not like, you know, for... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, so, so much for the digital profit, right? Exactly. No, exactly. And so, and they, and they also show Steve Jobs as this amazing guy. You know, yeah. like, tools are the most amazing. Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. computers are the most amazing tools he, mankind's ever created. Blah 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 blah. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they. It's just. It's. 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 Yeah. I mean, I. I'm. Gl I'm glad that. Um, I definitely needed to when I. I, I I knew this. This movie came out like a month ago. Um, you know, when it came out, and I knew that I was like, oh, I got to watch it. Because it's, I need mm. to just you know keep on, keep on top of this stuff. But like I knew that I, I wouldn't be able to do it without heavy medication, you know, like just yeah, it was rough. And then really? we and even even that, <laughs> and I had I had to even heavily medicated. I had to like break it up in two sessions. No, because... but you also had almost like two rats while watching. Yes, I yes. have to disclose. Yes, I, yes, it's true. I and think I was... people would. I, I wish we streamed at me and Yasha just watching Social Dilemma, because Yasha almost couldn't like. You know, yes. <laughs> stop I would like himself it. from commenting. And I would, yes, and I would mm -hmm. also hit pause all the time and like, oh, blah, blah, and yell at it and then re resume it. And then Jenny so actually had to take away my, my remote control. I took from the me remote and, away. And, and then to yell at me for to, but not, to not be so think, loud. Yeah, you know? but ultimately, I think it was entertaining, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess. No, it's, 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 it was no, a chore. No, entertaining for it, people to see you watch it. Uh, if, if we stream <laughs> if we had streamed that. Yeah, yeah, more that. Yes. Not, not the movie itself. It's true. Yeah. More your interaction with it. No, just and two levels. What they're conveying, manip a manipulative horror show that you need to know yeah. before you watch it. And just as a documentary film, it's outrageous what's going on. I mean, so I had two levels of horror mm -hmm. show. You know, Miyasha, you know way more. So you really knew how bad the, the content of it was. But for me as a film, I was just shrieking. Oh, yeah. It was like, <laughs> this is almost unendurable. 
Yeah, just as what's happened to the documentary and what you can get away with now yeah. and how bullshit loaded it is and how man- manifestly manipulated all the information and all the way of pre- presenting it is in a way that when there was the huge let's analyze what the documentary is and what mm-hmm. it's doing of the 50s and 60s and 70s, that era when they really were interrogating everything and trying to strip it back to the fly-on-the-wall filmmaking and then going, wait a minute, is that manipulative? And trying to figure out how do you get the manipulation out of the documentary? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer is you kind of can't, but you can at least care. <laughs> you can care enough to work on that issue. No, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, and also they don't some care. of them like figured out as that the showing the fully subjective look uh, mm-hmm. of the documentary, take of the documentary maker would be the most honest thing, like injecting yourself into it or mm-hmm. like fully breaking yes. the fourth wall. That like, was one of the answers yeah. to fly on the wall. Not pretending. You put yourself in the picture and say, see, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing the shots. Yeah. I'm going to wind up in the editing room. Yeah. That kind of thing is probably, but there are all sorts of experiments and it was very, very intense and people were very, very serious and now there is zero seriousness. No, it's almost like Lenny Riefenstahl without the talent, because she had great yeah. shots. But it's <laughs> yeah. sort of like, you know, everyone is like, always brings brings her up here as a horrible, yeah, obviously fascist collaborator, or how horrible, and then she ended up in America, completely like living, lived that long life, nothing happened to her. But look at these people around. They're kind of like doing, <laughs> in a way, I mean, what she did, and also fully unpunished, like lauded, celebrated, yes. awards, Just- I don't know festivals, so I don't I don't see that much difference at this point. No, it's, it's this corporate. Oh, it's, she was doing like whatever Nazi propaganda. Yeah. And she, I mean, and, and this this film is basically Silicon Valley kind of fascist, technocratic technocratic fascist propaganda. And can I just add that Lenny Riefenstahl never goes away when you do women in film. There's a women in film <laughs> series happening on on TCM. Guess what the image is? It's Lenny Riefenstahl. Wow. It's like, fuck me. It's still Lenny Riefenstahl? Can we ever stop? There are other women filmmakers, but well, she never I stopped. Mean, I, no, She's kind of memorable, no, though. No one, no, one, no one credits <laughs> Nazi Germany for really helping women break the glass ceiling. She did break that's the glass right. ceiling. Yes, that's and, and, and with, with a little bit of, uh, they call it crystal, crystal, uh, no, it's, I guess. The, crystal knock. Uh, crystal knock is the, you know, the light night of the broken glass, but it's the, should be the, Nazi Germany should be the night of the broken glass ceilings. I don't know how you say. I don't know. I don't know how you say that in German. Uh, you should the, coin that. That's the night great. The broken glass. That's Lenny. Broken glass. Broken glass ceilings. Yes. Um, it actually kind of. You patented that. That's yours now, Yasha. No one I, get, I got another ten seconds of of, of clarity. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, this is corporate propaganda uh, uh, masquerading as an issues documentary, and, and really, mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty clever in the way that like there is some usefulness to it. I mean, I it, they, the way that they kind of like talk about how the feed is sort of manufactured for you. I mean, there's some actually useful information there that I think people, I think that, that really does shock people. For lay, which, lay people, for, for lay sure. people, which is that like, because you know, you interact Who with you these know, If you know nothing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they kind of do it in a simple way. I mean, there's like five minutes maybe of the film. It's like, oh, it's like, okay, they describe the background process of how you see the, you know, of how you see the feed yeah. and, and why, they, and why you see it, and like yeah. the, you know, and then they're like you know these sort of auctions for your for your for for your attention, right? The ads that you see. I mean, so there's like mm-hmm. a couple of minutes of usefulness there, surrounded by um, this very very hazy corporate propaganda um, and total obfuscation uh, of. Of 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 the of the interests that are funding this film, of the people who are involved in the creation of the film, and I and I and I think I, I was kind of shocked because I wasn't. I mean, I was you know I wa- watched it like three quarters of the way through, and I was like, wait, 
And then there's a woman, this woman appeared, um, and her name is Renee, um, uh, yeah, what was it, just I want to get her name right here, yeah, Renee Deresta or Derista, um, and, um, and I had like, and I think I, I pa actually pa grabbed the remote away from Eugenia and like paused it and like just started yelling at the screen because like, she was talking about, she was, um, uh, you know, she was introduced as like the head of some organization called Policy at Data for Democracy, you know, which sounds like a mm -hmm. good organization, great. Um, but like, I remember her as someone else who, uh, who uh, was pretty high up, um, executive level at this um, cyber security government contractor um, called New Knowledge. Uh, that um, was basically this kind of like dual use, um, um, and so she, and and that uh, the new knowledge was famous basically for running this fake um, f uh, f a false flag operation. Right uh, in 2017, there was a you probably remember that there was a race um, in in Alabama. This guy named uh, Roy Moore, who was this like you know Republican uh, politician. Trump endorsed him. He was running for the Senate from Alabama. There was all these allegations of him when he was in his 30s. He was like had um, you know improper sexual uh, sort of relations with uh, underage uh, women, or was like really creepy. And so there's like all these sort of pedophilia kind of you know. Uh, allegations against him and he was like you know the guy who won the ticket you know from the republican party in alabama and um and this company new knowledge right was ran this operation um for a wealthy democratic donor a guy who actually uh, i think founder founder of linkedin and who was involved in the creation of paypal this guy named reed hoffman um and the point was basically to um, run this, to make it look like the Russians were supporting Roy Moore, this, 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 this mm -hmm. Republican uh, candidate for the, for the Senate in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Like, so they, they bought all of these like uh, sort of fake um, Twitter personas, Twitter bots, and like, you know, and added them as basically as friends, uh, as, his, as his followers and made it seem like he was buying all of these like Russian bots to follow him. Um, they were, they created these fake Facebook pages that supported him. Um, they were, um, and their whole point was to basically get the, the story, to implant the story in the media, which was that he was, uh, the Kremlin was supporting this candidate. And because, you know, the Kremlin was supporting him, Trump was supporting him, also it means that the Kremlin and Trump are working together. And so, the, and they succeeded. I mean, it was actually kind of incredible. There was a huge story, uh, stories written in just about every major uh, newspaper in America about how Roy Moore is like this Kremlin candidate. Oh my God. And this company w did this and they, they boasted about it. Um, they, you know, they wrote, this, they wrote this big report about how successful they were. I mean, I mean it's actually kind of shocking. I mean, I, I actually would like to, uh, you know, I'll just let me read, a, like, let me read a, a, like, uh, just a couple of sentences here. It's like, mm -hmm. this is an executive summary of the report they produced for their donor about how they were able to influence this election result. Uh, in September to December 2017, we ran a digital messaging operation to influence the outcome of the Alabama Senate race in August. Uh, in August 2017, we developed a strategy of micro-targeting specific Alabama districts to radicalize Democrats, suppress persuadable Republicans, and uh, and it's um, I can't it's it's a bad copy here. Did something about uh, Republicans by advocating writing candidates, so they wanted to basically take away votes from this from this Republican candidate. Mm -hmm. Our goal was to move 50,000 votes, right? We targeted mm -hmm. 650,000 um, 
Alabama voters with a combination of persona accounts, astroturfing, automated social media amplifications, and, large, and targeted advertising. Using these tools, we ran an aggressive campaign that contributed historically high turnout in the specific Democrat in, uh, districts. We targeted, 5%, we, um, targeted a 5% drop in voter turnout compared to... Da, 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 da. So basically, they're, uh, they are uh, boasting about how they were able to basically move an election in Alabama mm -hmm. in 2017. And then they go into about, you know, like the, all the metrics, uh, basically wowing their, uh, their, you know, their Silicon Valley funder. And mm -hmm. this is this is an organization called New Knowledge. It doesn't exist anymore. It rebranded. And the woman who worked at this, uh, uh, or, you know, c uh, company, although I, it's not clear if she was actually party to this particular campaign, she is a founding member or, found, or is a founding member she's on the board of directors of this uh, institute for humane technology and she is interviewed in this documentary as uh, advocating against fake news against divisive content against the, the, the importance of having conversations and like mm -hmm. and and so she, she was you know it's actually it's actually i was it was, it was i was shocked to be honest i mean i i didn't expect that this level of manipulation in this documentary you know wow. like, i mean like wow. it was a big deal it, it's what's amazing about it is that the story was kind of huge uh, the news of this leaked out um like a year ago and then it just disappeared. Nobody wanted to talk about it. You know, the, the, this company rebranded. Um, I mean, they, mm -hmm. it was, this company itself was founded by an, a former NSA, um, uh, you know, a spy who worked for the NSA, other military contractors. So this is like a military contractor who um, works with Facebook on the one hand, but also works with these, you know, corporate clients, donors to, to run um, like fake news operations. But how was it so mm -hmm. easy for her to rebrand to because a degree that it's like almost, oh, I, I bet no one knows, or very few people know? I mean, well, it's because I'll tell you, because it wasn't covered, because other than, uh, some, it, 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 you know how it is, it's like things just, just disappear. It, the, the news sort of circulates for a day or two, and then it just, people, you know, just, if it, it falls into the memory hole, uh, like everything else that happens. Mm -hmm. And so, but that, that, that this woman, um, you know, um, and of mm -hmm. course her, uh, her connection to this, to this, to this company, New Knowledge was of course, you know, it wasn't, it was erased from the record. No one talked about it in the documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, she wasn't like presented as someone who, you know, was, was from there, um, or even like the, 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 the rebranded uh, version of it. Um, yeah, not even so she could say, well, I was part of this and I was so shocked that that's why I'm now talking no, about how we need. Totally. She was just presented as a straight expert. Um, right. And, you know, no one's ever come out like to, to denounce what, what happened there, uh, mm. to denounce this kind of activity, which I, I guarantee you happens very often. Uh, just in it's just in a freak twist of fate um this operation was uh, what is is exposed uh, but it's like i don't want to get into mm -hmm. the details of it but like it's just it's it's just it's very unusual that it's even writ was even written about um right. this stuff happens all the time i mean that's what you do you run i mean it's like you know, it's like you run uh, sort of fake mailers, right? People in, you know, in like old school politics, you kind of like send out mailers to people, right? People get into the stuff in their inbox, you know, with basically, you know, like f fake news, right? You like you accuse candidates of doing things that they never did. You accuse, right. you, and, and this is totally normal. So you do the same thing on the internet, and except you can then drive, you know, it can be actually a lot more effective because you can't be traced. And that's one of the things in their report to their donor, this, this, this outfit called New Knowledge. I mean, they talked about how, like, effective they were because no one re realized that they were behind it. I mean, it's actually right. kind of incredible. I mean, they even talk about that they increased 
um, memes against this guy named Roy Moore. Like, they're like, mm -hmm. we increased memes by 3,000% on this one w website where people post memes, image, mm -hmm. URL. You know, we almost should share this. Uh, yeah, I can, I can, I, there's actually, so um, Gray, Zone, Gray Zone did a good roundup of, um, of, of this campaign. I can, we can do, mm -hmm. do a link in the Patreon. I mean, I mean, just listen to this. Like, this is this, this is this. Our campaign was cheap and anonymous. We spent $100,000 and experimented with many of the tactics now understood to have influenced the 2016 elections. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Uh, influenced by whom, you know? Uh, <laughs> right. People like us. Um, however, in spite of our impact in the press and in voting outcomes, so they, so they, 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 they you know, uh, they influenced voting, not a single mm -hmm. story about our activities appeared in any press outlet, including far-right mm -hmm. internet-focused conspiracy sites like Infowars or Breitbart, prone to speculation about liberal interference in Republican politics. I mean, so here mm -hmm. they boast about the fact that they went completely under the radar, manipulated Democratic mm -hmm. voters, because they were able to whip up like fear that this guy might win. You know, mm -hmm. that not only is he like a sexual, uh, you know, he has a history of sexual abuse and maybe pedophilia, but he's also supported by the Kremlin. Right, mm -hmm. and so they drove, you know, like voter out, uh, voter uh, basically, um, you know, um, engagement. Right, so people wanted to vote in this in this election to to make sure that mm. this guy didn't win, and so they they, mm -hmm. they 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 boast about that. I mean, it's it's these are all of the things that they talk about, you know, on this uh, this documentary that are supposed to be just about these algorithms in these apps, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah, yeah, so. It's, yeah, so the fact that they have someone like that advocating for a good yeah, and bipartisan yeah. internet, it's just, it's shocking. I mean, it's, and it really is almost like a crime against, you know, it's, 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 against cri the people, it's right? criminal because it's, because they really are um, promoting this corporate, promote, promoting this corporate uh, narrative uh, and, and, and um, basically, you know, d disguising corporate propaganda as a hard hitting uh, issues documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, just, uh, I guess before we let you go, I want to briefly talk about Ted Kaczynski, because I know you were getting mm. into him, and I think it's sort of ultimately kind of related, I think, to both the movie and just the, the issue at large. Uh, what do you want to, what specifically? The Kaczynski thing? Well, it's just interesting that, you know, um, I don't know how, like, majority of people in America look at him, uh, but he is, like, this early... Um, critic of technology who not only a critic and a kind of like a semi I don't know might be disturbed crazy philosopher writer um, but he's the guy who want, basically put his whole life on the line to sort of stop uh, trying to stop this technology from being developed yeah in short pre-internet uh, pre-internet yeah. pre and that's what I mean early he yeah. started in the 70s got caught what mid 90s mm -hmm. yeah. and I mean still alive still kind of writing in prison but and I know it sounds it's almost like this semi I, I bet he's disturbed to some degree and he's considered autistic and all that but that's the only kind of public persona that is a true Sort of critic, I guess. Yeah. Besides you, no, come on, that's not true. Right? I mean, there are plenty that of can't be. I hope that's no. Not I mean, true. that's not true. I mean, he's but he's he's a critic. But he's look, he's not a critic of just you know um, the internet. Uh, but he's he's a critic of all uh, basically industrial uh, industrial era technology. I mean, basically everything mm -hmm. that he says. There's like, I think he makes a distinction, which is like there's like small scale technologies and sort of organizational organizational scale technologies. I think he's basically for going back to a time when only small scale technologies are allowed to exist and that and because those are the ones who actually 
that are not for slavery because everything is technological well, because slavery. It's like, because you can big. create your own, t- you, basically a small group of people can then, re- you know, make that technology and use it. Whereas, you know, if you create like something like, you know, we can't create something like a, 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 I don't know, a, ref- a refrigerator or something. You need like a whole industrial society in order that, that will like create all the subcomponents. And so when we are, get used to these technologies, they kind of enslave us and control mm-hmm. us. And so we have no power over them. And so he's, he's, he's like, you know, his, his, his critique is pretty fu- fundamental and, and, ex- and extremely radical. You know, like the idea that you can just, and he advocates that the only way you can really uh, go back to that is to just destroy the system. I mean, through total mm-hmm. violent, upheaval um which will you know it's in its in its own create destruction and, and mass death and suffering and in, in because i mean you can't and collapse on a, on a grand scale so it's pretty it's it's actually kind of um i mean it's pretty delusional i think the more i think about what he what he advocates because it's like you i mean there might be a moment where this collapse will be forced upon humanity i don't think like humanity will collapse itself like that on purpose you know like uh, that people will be so upset with being controlled by this technology that they're going to just you know blow everything up right around them probably not <laughs> i mean just not it's, it's, it's because it's too comfort too comfortable like it's the people don't which brings me i guess i bring it up often but i really love that film existence david cronenberg's remember the whole sort of the conflict in it i mean in this kind of metaphorical way but now it's it's a very internet film yeah internet yeah. film yeah. done sort of what is it late 90s almost like pre like 98 99 maybe yeah right? i think yeah. 99 and it's definitely pre-vr and it's basically about the most advanced vr that we still obviously don't get we don't have anything that plugs into our uh, into our spine but yeah and the whole sort of conflict there right is between people who are into this technology and the virtual almost virtual life yeah. and people who almost like are radicals who are gonna kill the creators right. behind this technology like yeah. death to the demoness i still remember allegra or something yeah and that mm-hmm. conflict i don't know it seems like it could play out like the the, yeah. the violent conflict between these two opposing groups and i know where mm-hmm. i i would be <laughs> if that starts but um but i don't know yeah i guess it is delusional back to kaczynski to think that that's like that's how it will go down. Probably I'm, not. I mean, first of all, you need like a competing vision. You need another vision that's strong, that's, you know, like religious. like Almost and, religious. I mean, yeah. not almost. Like it has to be religious, whatever that means. You know, has, people have to believe it enough to, 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 to die for it or to destroy their entire way of life for it. I mean, I, I'm, you know, the... the Another problem with like just focusing on the technology in terms of you know oh we're, there's so many social ills so many political ills and, and uh, that you know but people focus on the internet and how it's changing us and it's like mm-hmm. well yeah it's true but like the internet is important and you know all this technology that sort of controls us and you know influences how we think who we talk to what we talk about it's very important but like we can't even get as a, as a society we can't even get um, like our overlords to give us health care, you know, mm-hmm. like the most right. basic thing. I mean, like, or give us jobs, you know, or give people, you know, yes. uh, jobs or like, you know, Job even in- increase, yeah. uh, just even basically increase the minimum wage, you know, right. Like, uh, it hasn't moved, you know, basically since the internet was developed, you know, in, in like mm-hmm. the, the labs of the Pentagon or short, we can't even force to shorten the work day, which yeah. it's been around for a hundred years. We can't stop, get them to stop putting all, you know, basically, 
you know, dumping carcinogenic, uh, you know, mm. chemicals in our water supplies and like basically, you know, like all those other horrible things that have direct, you know, very immediate, even the, you know, even mm. like the pollution stuff is kind of like removed because we can't really see it like on a day, on an everyday basis. But like even basic things like, yeah, like wages and decent mm. wages and job security uh, and sort of meaningful work and healthcare. We can't even get those basic things. So like, you know, the idea that there will be this movement that will be like, no, we just got to break ourselves free of virtual reality or, you know, social media companies are controlling what our kids think. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like the, I don't know, it's important, but it's like the 20th thing on the list, I think, you know, and, 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 mm -hmm. and anyway, that stuff is connected to the previous stuff, right? So the, the fact that we don't have healthcare and the fact that the, these Silicon Valley companies have, are able to have so much power over, over, over our lives. I mean, the issues are connected. Um, in fact, like, so you can't really, like the internet is, is, a, is, a, is a product of our society. It, it isn't like something that can be fixed on its own without addressing all the other parts, you know, that are broken in, which is that mm -hmm. like in our society, like giant corporations, right, have all the power. I mean, they have unli mm -hmm. unlimited, unaccountable power they in are our all society. The Lords, yes. Yeah. And, and then, like on top of that, you have we have this sort of national security apparatus that's obviously overlaps uh, with the corporate world and is kind of an extension of it. So we have this kind of corporate global empire that we live in <laughs> that has its tentacles and all in, in unaccountable completely. You know, it tentacles mm -hmm. all around the world, and the internet is an ex extension of that. Like it's owned by these giant companies it's you know uh, it's an instrument of empire and it's dominated by these intelligence agencies by these spy agencies by the military um they kind of use it for, for their own purposes it's all about you know enriching them you know strengthening the oligarchy strengthening the empire and like so we can't really look at the internet without looking at that core aspect uh mm -hmm. of what it's what it's actually connected to or what it's a part of um and so yeah like and so I guess there's could be like a you know an ideology that runs counter to this stuff you know and like has an all has has to proposes like some kind of alternative vision for the world mm -hmm. and for how this technology is used. I mean, but there isn't anything like that. I mean, I, I mean, as 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 much as I hate to say it, even people on the left like, you know, uh, don't really have an alternative vision for what what does does it mean? Like, what what is what would the internet look like if it was you know, democratic, democratic or socialist or, you know, if, you know, if it like embodied the values of, let's say, Bernie Sanders or embodied the values of Jacobin magazine, like what actually would that Internet look like? You know, what would it be used for? I mean, no one, no one's really thinks that level. The only thing that I can see being talked about is like, you know, nationalizing these companies or nationalizing this. And it's like, but that's sort of like. As uh, if it's the end kind of solution, yeah, it's, right? It's, yeah, it's like it's almost like a, a ch it, it, like I don't know, it's like a shortcut to something, but then that that um, it escapes having to have like an idea of what the hell, you know, what would that internet look like? What would it do? I mean, right now the internet is designed to um, uh, basically make money for these companies, right? For the, the reason, the, and, mm -hmm. and so that's why the phone looks a certain way. That's why the uh, the, the platforms look a certain way. Um, that's why we interact in a certain way and it, it, our, our, so that we can make money for Facebook, for Google, and they make money by making money for, for giant corporations that advertise with them, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, so the whole structure of the internet is so that these companies can make money off of us and sell us stuff, mm -hmm. but it's also so that Wall Street can make money 
um, and by gambling, mm -hmm. like, you know, on these companies and that the, the investors who invest in these companies in an early stage can, you know, can like put these things on the market and have these huge IPOs and then, you know, cash out. Um, and then on the other side of things, like it seems like still people believe the most almost like utopian, a great lauded occupation is to be the startup or who mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. come up with another new company, initially small, attract all this venture capital, and then <laughs> potentially sell out, sell out for, yeah. I don't know, a few billions or multiple millions to one of those already major companies. Yeah. I mean, how is... That's the goal, yeah. That, no, 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 but that occupation... That's the goal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the utop... It's almost like, I don't know what back in the day people thought is the most respected thing. Yes. But not like a cosmonaut. I don't <laughs> know what. Yeah. And now it's this. It's definitely this. And this the, yeah, they're the heroes. And these are the people actually that populate this documentary. I mean, mm -hmm. most of the people that are on there are basically those kinds of people. They, you know, they took their. They were part of either very early on came onto some very successful company like Instagram, mm -hmm. that then was sold to you know Facebook, or they started. And so like they were able to you know cash out and be multimillionaires or maybe even billionaires. You know, by the, you know in their thirties, mm -hmm. and now they are worried about you know, the, the world that they created, all. you know, helped create it and, and, and made money off of, but they don't really want to scratch too deeply uh, that world, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to probe too deeply because no. that's their world. They're not against it, you know? That's what made them billionaires or multimillionaires. So it's not a surprise that the people who are involved in it. But it would have been nice just to have one person say, shouldn't this be run as a public utility? Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> no. just, wouldn't it be nice yes. to have just had that peg put in the ground somewhere? No, 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 exactly. And then, but then it's, yeah, public utility, but what, for what? So, I mean, for, for the, for, for people just like elect, you know, like, whatever, no, whatever that, necessity of life. Exactly. Exactly. Know? So just that Water, people can talk to each other. Right. Power. So we, we want to have like yeah. a post post office basically uh, yeah. for people, yeah. you know, Yeah, which we're losing that. Now, exactly. So like, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, but exactly. So they want to defund the post office so that they can make, you know, these private companies can, can, can take over its business. Right. I mean, so it's, I mean, that's the whole structure of society is that like you want to privatize, deregulate, plunder whatever mm. public wealth yeah. exists and, yeah. and be a parasite on, on anything, any kind of other interaction, uh, human interaction, right. And poison right. it. Um, and so like, so that's, that's the internet. I mean, so like you have to go pretty deep in order to it's, and it's, of course, it's not just the internet, it's, it's everything around us. And so like, then no wonder, you know, all the, yeah, it's very, it, but I, you know, I still think that it's going to be pretty hard to get people to care about the internet when, like, all these other more pressing issues are concerned. I mean, like, I mean, just look at, just see what's happening. Like, they got the, you know, with the pandemic, every, I mean, just there's incredible unemployment. Yes, incredible unemployment. Yeah. I mean, it's actually shocking. You know, it's shocking there are no, there are no riots. You know, that there aren't yes. like, like that people aren't being like assassinated. You know, that mm -hmm. like, and that there are like just entire entire you know rich neighborhoods aren't burning to the ground right now i mean it's actually shocking you know because we're in like going into almost a year now of this thing you know it's going to be and they only gave people one check yeah we got it for 1200 was it 1200 1200 bucks and they can't even do more than that and they're like mm -hmm. you know gridlocked now right now like they you know the republicans and democrats and donald trump they're basically sitting there mm -hmm. not able to so like that's how, that's the level of our society, you know. Meanwhile, at the same right. time, all the corporations, you know, the bigger they are, the more of stimulus money they got, the more of a, the more the richer they got. So all the rich people, all the oligarchs, got richer, sometimes doubling their wealth in, in, in during this pandemic. It's 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 shocking, right? But that's mm -hmm. so the internet. It's like. I don't know. It's like, I mean, I wrote the book about the internet. I think it's an important topic. The, the history of this stuff is very important. It, it's important to understand where it came from. It's important to understand its origins. 
as essentially like a, a, you know a counterinsurgency and a, and a, and a society, technology of social control. Um, but like to get people to narrowly care about the internet is I think it's very difficult. You know, um, given that like people can't pay rent. People can't afford health care. People can't, like, they have no jobs, you know, and, like, no one gives a but shit about them. But you can see them. why it's an option that is much desired. I mean, this guy, Tristan Harris, is making the rounds of talk shows. That's what I first saw. His really? His appearance on Ellen. Oh, God. <laughs> on the Ellen on show. Ellen, because she cares about, you know, having great conversations with people. Yeah. <laughs> Starring conversations. Especially, especially her staff. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, the earnestness. So there were no jokes. This was a very, very serious conversation. Uh. And you can just, again, you can just see it's a luxurious one to have that people enjoy oh pearl clutch yes this is shocking we have to get what about the children the children yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, the children? yeah the children which is like you know the one That's in four is in poverty and is and is doesn't get enough food on you know every day yeah, yeah. literally isn't eating yes exactly. yeah like eat, not yeah. getting eating properly yes every fucking yeah. day so it's like oh yeah, yeah. We, we really you know like what we really should care about is yeah this algorithm that's um yeah. basically i mean you know what i loved about that story too at the center of it is like it's it's actually a very conservative tale. So like the, he's in high school, right? So this kid, mm-hmm. and they're like, "There's a girl, right?" Yeah. And as soon as he like is sort of re- she, he is kind of scorned or whatever, or like she starts dating some other guy, right? And yeah, and, he agrees to quit using his phone for what a week, right? Yes, and, and he's be, suffering yeah. intensely, and then that's how the evil algorithm <laughs> trio gets him back. Is, and, but it's, by and, posting that his girlfriend has started a new relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but and that sends him on a spiral, right? So he, his, yes. uh, And they basically what they're saying, you know, is like he joins the alt right. I mean, right? That's what it. What's yeah. they don't they they, they try it's to even they call it the extreme center. The extreme. Yeah, but it's clearly it's the alt right. So he so like and that's sort of the that's the fear you know so it's like he he could have had like a good you know a normal relationship you know he had it could have got, had a girlfriend he could have been know. a feminist he could have been a yeah he could have been a feminist <laughs> he, I mean, he could have had like you know a good um nuclear family or something you know in a couple of years with his girlfriend and instead like this technology um you know forced them to basically not look at women right because mm-hmm. they were like sitting there not looking talking to girls not in school, right? And so they enforce them to withdraw and become an alt-rightist. And so, like, there's this, you know, there's just this kind of ideal of, a, like, a, some kind of normie ideal of, like, you know, there's, it's breaking up families or it's preventing families <laughs> from, from forming, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's forcing people into radical avenues of, of they, they could have been, they, they could have been, mar- they could have been married taken. with children is basically what it was. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> right, but right. instead he's going to a married protest. Married with a phone. Married with a phone. Instead he's going to a protest yeah. and that's the end of all things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway, we really kind of We've really thrashed through this. Yeah. <laughs> but I still think whatever people should, should see it just to see it with this framework and it's very very interesting yeah this way you can glean something from it like not just Mm -hmm. being kind of duped by them but you know before we go i kind of want to recommend a few films about internet and technology that are actually insightful and interesting and i guess are real documentaries whatever that means (laughs) real (laughs) uh so one i sent i think to you eileen um like a link i don't know if you watched but it's a it's a good one yes i did oh it's interesting right made by cyber cyber topics from 2015 from 2015 made by this Dutch woman documentary filmmaker a foreigner who yeah who flew into Silicon Valley and got to talk to a bunch of people and she's you know had great access but she's also critical and she has a kind of 
an interesting, I don't know, I guess, perspective, but also just like the, the fact that she got access to all those people. And gets them to say things that are extraordinary. They, yes. The number of people who want no government and want like this kind of crazy tech world rule. The law vine rant. Total unfettered rule is amazing. Mm-hmm. They all, most yeah. of them libertarians are uh, yeah. openly libertarians. open fans of Ayn Rand. Yeah. yeah, so that's, a, yeah, that's it's on, actually on YouTube, a full movie, pretty short, I forgot, like 40 or 50 minutes called Cybertopia, Dreams of Silicon Valley. That's a good, that's really a good one. I, I can include, I guess, a link. Then there is a one that's a bit confusing, but I think there's some worth of watching. It's, it's from 2003, uh, a German, not again a foreigner, uh, a German documentary called uh, The Net, or mm-hmm. I guess it's Dust Nets. Dust <laughs> It's mostly in German. Dust Nets, it's cool. <laughs> Dust Nets, I think. Yeah, and uh, it's also fully... Oh, Germans. <laughs> it's <laughs> hilarious little language. It's fully right? on YouTube. Otherwise, I think it's hard to find or you need to buy DVD or something. It's um, The full name is The Net, The, uh, the Unabomber, LSD, and the Internet. Uh, sort of interesting, a bit like... I mean, a bit too, I guess, poetic. It's actually pretty interesting because because it because it, it does it does try to tie together. Because it, it interviews some of the like uh, like people like Stuart, Stuart Brand, Brand, who was like a big um, influence on I- early internet culture with this you know whole Earth catalog and kind of the bridge mm-hmm. between um, you know like the Grateful Dead, um, the Merry Pranksters, and then like kind of this helped helped almost kind of brand um, and create this the hacker culture you know the the, the engineers who it's pretty interesting interviews with him but like also interviews with the, some of the people that the uh, the Unabomber blew up or like and the, uh, and and, right, and, but right. also, and also like correspondence with the Unabomber and like his th- in thoughts on technology it's pretty it's actually it's kind of yeah it's a little bit artsy um, like sort of mm-hmm. euro Euro trash documentary, but it's actually I like mm-hmm. that one a lot. It's insightful. Yeah. It's yeah. very mm-hmm. honest, and yeah. and the person, by the way, the documentary Romica is in it, so it sort of goes that way. Yeah, kind of personal, mm-hmm. subjective, and ultimately gets at very interesting things. Actually, if you can mm-hmm. track, keep track of mm-hmm. uh, subtitles and somewhat like subpar quality of YouTube version. Wait, I sort of so you found right, Eileen. Cybertopia was mm-hmm. actually pretty insightful, right? Unlike yes. Social Dilemma. It- Yes, it's great interviews, and there's a counter, you know, there's a true countervailing, there's like one guy who's kind of a lefty, who's actually got a countervailing point of view that's relatively strong, certainly compared to what's going on in Social Dilemma. You're talking mm-hmm. about Fred, probably Fred Turner, is like an academic? It was, it was, is that right? Yeah. Was he an academic? Because yeah. he's a great, he actually has a great book called uh, From uh, from mm-hmm. uh, from Cybertopia to... Wait, no, from cybernetics. From cyber- counterculture yes. to cyberculture. Thank you. Because <laughs> oh, I think we go. had that yeah, book. Yeah. I flipped. No, yeah. it's great. I, I I actually referenced it in my um in my in mm-hmm. my own um, book about the internet, and he's a great. He's a he's yeah. a he's a historian at yeah, Stanford. Yeah, he's got some great commentary about yeah the the what what was it the the commune. Um, trend yes. that goes away from government of the '60s that Steve, you know, entrances Steve Jobs and how that's found its way and then, into this libertarian, mm-hmm. utopian nonsense, or for us, dystopian nonsense. Yeah, that's really interesting. And the Burning Man stuff too. He, yeah, the Burning Man. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you? Yeah, like he actually calls it you know, kind of a religious revival meeting or something, mm-hmm, right? Like his, right. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a great one. But there's, did you, are you going to talk about Adam Curtis? The Adam Curtis. Yeah, one? the last one I want to recommend is just a documentary series of uh, by Adam Curtis uh, from I think it's something like 2011 called uh, All Watched Over by Machines of Loving Grace. Yeah. It's a three-part mm-hmm. documentary series. For me, back when it just came out, it was a bit over my head. Then I, I think I watched it in total now, like 10 years. I don't know, three times to really mm-hmm. get into it. It's, I mean, it's to kind of genius level of <laughs> documentary making. And 
and um, and part of it part of it is um, about Ayn Rand and this whole uh, sort of growing of this ideology in America and I guess in the world but specifically he focuses on America that's why it's interesting and related to the internet too then he gets into mm -hmm. the whole technological thing and there's even a special uh, episode it's called the use and abuse of vegetational concepts about the whole mm -hmm. systems theory and cybernetics and how mm -hmm. it all relates to just um, our current ideas of both society and I guess the internet and technology and, and I mean, free markets really and self-regulating sort of yeah self-regulating systems which is like you know sort of the free market ideology that we, yeah. that is foisted upon us you know and that we kind of have such a hard time throwing off these days you know yeah but like, it has yeah. kind of like he, he goes into the backstory that's like usually oh yeah free markets but he get, yes. goes way deep into that yeah and, and it, how all of these things are connected you know mm -hmm. from the internet to this to the to the ideas that underpin yeah like neoclassical economics and things yeah, like that. Even yeah, even to some ideas of, uh, what is it, those like biologists mm -hmm. or selfish gene guys, just mm -hmm. everything from like basically the way the human, what we, what we think at this point about the human nature. And it's one of his best, I think it's one of his best documentaries. Yeah, I gotta I think, see it. Yeah, wow. yeah I, I hmm. bet it's also available, I think either Vimeo or something like that because it's sort of, I don't know, it's he, on the internet, he yeah. makes it for BBC yeah. and then BBC makes it, I guess, somewhat available online. So mm -hmm. all of that stuff is actually, you know, Thanks Pirated, internet. Yeah. No, no, no. Thanks to internet, mm -hmm. it's like it's online. You can watch it. The the first dust nets, the German documentary, which is good. Mm -hmm. I think only like something like five thousand people wow. watched it on YouTube. No one watches that yeah. in comparison to those like no, fake news propaganda shit. Like, I don't know. It gets overlooked because it's not as as fake. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just yeah. using their language, not <laughs> I mean, because the whole the industry itself and in. in, 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 in the tech industry itself is promoting this movie. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's an insider's critique, which is not a critique at all. It's an insider's, like, it's like an attempt to deflect inquiry mm -hmm. and actual sort of uh, criticism of the industry. I mean, that's what the right. social dilemma does. I mean, it's a, it's it, it, it criticizes just barely enough that people, like you were saying, Eileen, that people feel like mm -hmm. they, they know something, they yes. feel um, that they, that, like, they done something important and meaningful, and and then so then mm -hmm. you know you kind of move on and 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 don't look deeper, but I you know it's funny that you bring up these three uh, documentaries and they are, yeah they're all by foreigners they're mm -hmm. not they're not Americans British Dutch and German and I have actually a theory about that because like uh, and then you you're an Russian immigrant yeah and I'm a Russian immigrant yeah exactly so like I have a theory about that um, because like the internet is an American creation like it's it comes out of American culture California culture specifically and so like. You know, and it like you know grew in America very uh, organically, right? So people grew up with it uh, slowly, and and like when you when you use the internet, when you use it, when you use the terms, it's like mm -hmm. American, right? You know, you know the the. It's in English. It's in English. Everything <laughs> obviously it uses English letters, uh, uses English words, terms to describe mm -hmm. you know the the whole you know pantheon of like internet use, but when you're mm -hmm. in Germany and you're forced to write in English, or when you're in you're like in the Netherlands and you're forced to write in English, mm -hmm. or even when you're you know British and you're sort of mm -hmm. you're forced to adopt. Like English American, you know, English American California Dumb terms. Down English. <laughs> I, they, and I've noticed this actually myself. Like, so the reviews of my book frequently, the most, the people that really got it and that really were excited by it, in terms of j journalists, um, you know, mainstream journalists, were not in America. Mm -hmm. And usually, American journalists didn't want to um, really uh, engage uh, uh, with like the the, the the core thesis of the of the book. Um, but everyone else. 
around the world. I mean, internationally, it was actually much more of a, you know, I don't know, like a, a, a critical hit, I guess, you know? P people were mm -hmm. much more open to its thesis. In England, for sure. In England, too, so. yeah, exactly. And, and, it's, and it's because I think people on the outside see it as a, this technology as a foreign, like, intervention into their culture, right? It's right. obviously foreign. Like, mm -hmm. if you're Russian and you're using the internet, you're typing in English. It's not like, it's not, it's not, it's not, you know, you're not typing your native tongue. I mean, just on the very, mo on the most basic thing, you know? And all the companies mm -hmm. that you're using are not your own company, you know, they're like foreign companies. So, I mean, people are, are much more, um, I think, open to being critical of it and looking at it from like, a, you know, a geopolitical and a historic and a kind of a political um, uh, framework, you know, this technology, mm -hmm. rather than it just being some kind of thing that just came, came out of the soil. Yeah. Like, it's right, like, right. yeah, it's like, it's like blood and soil in America. Like, you really can't, re it's very hard for people to, to really look critically at the history of this technology. But look at Tad Kaczynski. Mm -hmm. Tad <laughs> He's American. Well, Ted Kaczynski didn't look at the, wasn't looking at the internet. He's looking I at know. all the all technology, know. and like, and he's just a, he's a radical. You know, I mean, he's um, he's um, he's a pretty radical dude. I mean, what about those yeah. that you write in the book? Um, late sixties, like students, yes, um, yeah. uh, protesting on the campuses to stop this internet from becoming from like coming en masse yes. to the people. That's that's Americans did that. Yes, yeah, because I mean, initially when this computer technology was emerging, like with computer databases and then this early internet stuff with all these networks and databases and computers were being connected to each other in the 60s and 70s, I mean, people were mm -hmm. freaked out about it. It wasn't just like left-wing, um, left-wing, Radicals. Activists, on, you know, like the Students for a Democratic Society, although they were led the way. But yeah, it was like in, you could read in the Atlantic magazine, for instance, in the, in the 60s, very, very critical articles about like, you know, government surveillance databases being cooked together and like what it meant for liberty and for democracy and all this stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. sort of the, the specter of Big Brother taking over. So there was criticism of that back in the day. But I think mm -hmm. it was also because it was just beginning. It was something very new. And so there was a like a like a bit of a moment where society was able to criticize it, but again, it was all very superficial because it's kind of like this documentary. Like it, you don't really want to go too deep because it's like these computer systems are just an ex another another extension step. of the already existing system. Yeah, just one <laughs> more. Systems. Yeah, one more step in like you know in technological complexity of these things, you know? And mm -hmm. so you could, you could like write op-eds and articles about how we, you know, need to be beware of the big brother. You know? But then in the end, like everybody folds because like they, you know, these are the engines of- We like, are the big brother. Yeah, we are big brother. <laughs> this, is, this is your society. This is the end, engine of growth and um, an engine of profit. And uh, its values are actually fully in line with the values of establishment of society. So, you know, you, you, you kind of get, so you get a little bit of a, you know. That's the thing that Orwell really got wrong. Yes. You know, 1984. Horse shit. It's, yeah. not, <laughs> it's not one totalitarian, I don't know what he thought, Soviet government. It's actually in some ways more sinister. Yeah, and that everybody would be bought in. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you buy, you, you, you sort of bring people in, you know, you, 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 you kind of bribe the rest of society. Or, yeah, or that you just you bring them into the fold. A big chunk of society is, you know, is, is, is brought along on, in this, in this, in this um, system. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not one big brother. It's like a decentralized system of, of overlapping, you know, corporate interests and um, and rich people and uh, imperial interests, imperial interests, and um, very much intertwined with the national security state, you know, that emerged after World War II, 
that never really went away and that's been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and, you know, the, the markets that this, uh, you know, the th that this military system opens up for American companies, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's why the political uh, politics of Google and the politics of the Pentagon are completely inter intertwined, you know, not just because they do business together, but because, you know, the bigger the American empire is, you know, the, the more countries that are forced to sort of open up to it, the more business there is for Google uh, and the more business there is for mm -hmm. Facebook. And that's mm -hmm. why everyone has problems with China. You know, it's like because it doesn't it plays a kind of a different game. It doesn't let people in. Um, it, it's, it's I think, you know, in a, rightly so very protective um, of its of its of its of its turf. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's 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 the enemy, you know, it's and everyone can agree, you know, whether it's Trump or sort of liberals or, you know, you, you, or, you know and everyone in between. Um, everyone can agree that China is bad because. Well, no one talks about why why it really is bad, but it is because it's it's like a it's a it, it, it won't open up and roll over roll over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love China. We do business with China. <laughs> Didn't he say that? Trump? Did he? Yeah. I think at some point, I'm but sure. he's like maybe like four or five years ago. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Well, things change. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we better stop because we're pushing two hours. Oh no! But this was really a good, a good conversation. I'm glad. I we think it was insightful. It. Thank you, Yasha. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it. and we'll be actually, yeah, back next week with a much lighter topic. We're doing Sophia Coppola in your film, right? Oh, cool. All right, we're doing On the Rocks. Yeah, that's right. Oh, she's that's got a new, she's got a new one, huh? We have a reckoning. Your favorite plan, person, Sophia. I mean. Yeah. I know. I know. My very favorite. So looking you, forward to you, that. You really hate women filmmakers. You know, it's very strange. Yeah. What's yeah, that about? It's true. What is that? About? I'm just, I'm just bad that way. <laughs> I hate my own kind. I'm a self-hating woman. I guess. Yeah. You hate to see and not them just succeed. filmmakers, yes. Alan, too. Like kind of powerful women. <laughs> I would say more. <laughs> not just filmmakers. You're supposed to just shut up, you know, and because it's, you know, you're, 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 you're. It's your you're, kind. It's your kind. You're, 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 you're just getting in the way of progress by criticizing them. I know. I'm supposed to be a cheerleader for these people. What's wrong with me? <laughs> well, I'll tell you when we get to Sofia Coppola. Yeah. I'll it, tell you. Like, yeah, and that film really looks like <laughs> Lost in Translation 15 or 20 years after, later. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Whoa, so, she, so she's still misunderstood 20 years later? No, but she's older and then the really old uh, Bill Murray's there. Oh, Bill Murray's there with <laughs> no. her. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's they're next going week. bar to bar, and she's being cheated on by her husband. Does this sound familiar? Lost in translation. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and I think, yeah. but here I think Bill Murray is her real dad. So it's like an alternative. It's like an alternative rea reality ver or universe. Yeah, because she kind of wanted him to be her dad, but he. But, yeah, and yeah. she he kind of might have like liked her. <laughs> anyway, and, you got, and I think you, know, uh, you, you people need to subscribe, right, to to listen to that, to that the next one's episode. Be yeah. close, so yes. subscribe now. So you won't, you know, miss that episode. <laughs> you won't miss the diatribe against vehicle. <laughs> How can you not hate on, on, on such a brat, you know? I mean, yeah, it's we like... wanted for a while to kind of do, I think, be, and then it like disappeared or whatever ideas disappear to do like a, almost like a da daddy or dad episode. And Sophia was <laughs> right, like, all... we had been talking mm -hmm. about that. And Sophia was one of the central kind of characters or filmmakers that that's that's attached yeah. to that. And now she made a movie that's whatever, not doing that specific episode. That's, that's like literally... <laughs> 
looks like she's made that the ultimate dad movie. Dad movie, we'll yeah. See. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know, if you ever go out to California, you need to go out to their winery. I mean, because if you if your hate is not pure, because I'm sure you talked oh, about it before. Oh, I've been there. Oh, you've been I've there. I've been there, oh. baby. No, you've oh. been oh, yeah. inside. You've been actually because right? I was yeah. working at Coppola, oh, and periodically they would honor the house. us That's by allowing because you've been inside the main house, like in the back of the winery. Oh, well, you're the most well, you're the most like insider person I know because me and Yasha, I think actually never talked somehow I forgot mentioning that it was like last year we were visiting California again I think like July 2019 and we were driving from I think San Francisco I forgot Calistoga we're driving Calistoga back to San Francisco yeah, yeah. and I realized mm-hmm. oh here's like the original kind of Coppola winery not the one that is built now for tourists to sort of like entertain them and I don't know feed them mm-hmm. but the original winery the one that you visited with the real house yeah. like that, something Ingle right. Hook or Ingle Ingle I can't remember Eileen you should know the name bought it up from like Scandinavian like uh, local like baron basically that owned that whole you know like one of those early settler you know like oligarchs that you know owned half uh-huh. of the valley there right yeah <laughs> I forgot what it's called but basically the original oh, no, one no, 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 not for right. tourists uh-huh. and um, we drove up there and turned out that you can only now I mean it's sort of basically actually closed for tourists that's why they mm-hmm. created a new one and the only way you can get into this original one by like being a real like fancy wine buyer like, no, like that that would get you in yeah, yeah. yeah and and somehow I don't know how I had the weeds I sort of pretended to be I guess a fancy wine buyer yes we, yes we just like came up to the gate the golden gate that we had actually to- <laughs> we actually t- we actually had t- took mushrooms just earlier that mushrooms you know oh and- that makes sense I felt kind of brave because I was like tripping and somehow felt like more outgoing. yeah you came up and you were just like yeah I said we're gonna buy wine yeah we're here to buy wine yeah like and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you, oh, you're gonna buy wine. We're like, yeah. We're like, well, oh, we can just here. I can, we can let you in. And they buzzed us through these, <laughs> ga- you know, buzzed us golden, yeah, opening like giant gates that open up into this. Uh-huh. So we lush, managed yeah. to sort of like walk around. We did buy some wine, not not really the expensive one, <laughs> but yeah, we and we looked inside the house. It, I cannot believe it. And after that, I'm like, whoa, she's a real, real princess. It's like a little castle. Oh. Even the front kind of house, like not the main one. You were inside the house because it's where the parties were or the office. Yeah, there, we, there was just an event schedule. We were mainly not in the house. We were only a little bit. We were we were actually given the privilege of, and this is perfect, um, a mock picking, a symbolic picking of grapes. So we got to we got to imitate grape pickers. We you got to imitate. Like, wait a second. Well, like we did, you each picked a little basket of grapes. That was part like of our workers, treat. Workers, almost like ah, for yes. yourself, like to keep it. Yes, just just so you'll have the experience. I mean, he's he's a he's like, an wow, actress. This is very telling. <laughs> oh my god! Because for a second I thought you were picking it for him, and then you would like barefoot no, no. do like no. the whole smashing of no. <laughs> uh, nothing of like grass. that. That would have been more interesting. No, no, but that we were all, that was that was a big treat for us to go out with each a little basket. Oh, because I'm 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 kind of illiterate, you know, about film film stuff in in a lot of ways, and I just I just had no idea. Like I, when I when we drove into there. I mean, it was like, it was like, I didn't know what to expect. I I knew that he had, you know, he had like a, you know, a winery, obviously, because you can't Mm -hmm. not know it because his wine is all over the country, uh, wine Mm -hmm. bottles. But like, we drove in there and it was like, it was like, um, well, it was sort of kind of like Godfather, right? The scene where you kind of return back to the old country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The old country. Yeah. yeah. But like, but it wasn't just, you know, you're not like some, it's like, you're a big landowner in the old country. You're like, you're like a big, you're you're a local. Not some small town. No, no. And it's all, you know, it's all just perfect. Like it's just. And imagine. Imagine going there when he's bankrupt. All he's got left is the one of his film empire is this one building, the beautiful building, the triangle, was it called the triangle? 
Well, no, in, in San Francisco, right? Um, yeah. In San Francisco. And he's paying his 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 own assistant, like truly like minimum wage, which was like seven something an hour. Uh, so so everyone's getting paid or who is all the lowly little workers like me are getting paid poverty wages. And I just happened to be able to go through his insurance forms. Wow. And all of his own personal fortune was protected. So the white, the winery, the family, the jewels. How how that's that. even whatever, we can talk next time, but I don't understand how that's even legally possible to sort of protect Believe your me, fortune. If you're rich, you know, <laughs> while going bankrupt. There's all sorts of ways to protect your your own assets. Sure, he lost the 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 company, the the film buildings mm-hmm. that he had. He no, had but it's holdings. it's obvious. Is you just look? It's look. You have your personal wealth, and you have the corporation. Yeah. You know, and the corporation. There's a there's That's a right. there's a That's there's what a, the corporation's for. Yeah, you you can you can run <laughs> it into the ground, and you can you still be rich while doing it. I mean, and uh, you stay your your Donald Donald Trump has gone through multiple bankruptcies. You know, so uh, and so like I mean, that's the whole point of that's what you know. So it doesn't surprise me that he's like, oh, I'm so poor. Oh, I and then like lives. I mean, I was like. We, I was just, I was shocked. I mean, I actually had no idea. I mean, it's, it, it's like, it's like, it's like going, it's like old Europe um, aristocracy yeah. level. Right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and the house is like, you know, we're just, it's the winery. It's not even the real house. Not the main house, but still. Yeah, it's like, it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, <laughs> like some kind of really amazing wood. He's like, he's an wood. oligarch. The wood is always it's, great. It's so even in the offices, the wood was magnificent. I mean, I don't, yeah. and, and you know, I guess next time, but I can't believe it. Like I, I read the story of it. It seems like legit that he just smartly and sort of, I guess he was risking, invested um, uh, the money he made from, I guess, first or second Godfather, whatever made the bank into the winery that back then was cheap and didn't bring much, um, you know, much money. So he kind of turned it around and made it into profitable winery and that's and that's mm-hmm. where his real money come from not the movies because he's almost like a better businessman than a filmmaker mm-hmm. and that's i don't know so is he some kind of don carly he, he's like a really great businessman <laughs> i imagine because how you the hell you even do that that's yeah that i don't know I mean, <laughs> the inside story well, i mean he did make got you know buckets of money on the first godfather but he supposedly invested it all the 70s yeah i mean and, and sofia coppola has her own wine right her, no her not her own wine there's a sofia line of wines oh, we tried oh. that it's actually cheaper mm. slightly lighter and fruitier not just <laughs> one wine it just she has her whole line for slightly oh, more yeah. sort of uh, coppola light yes yeah, so it's like for like for like younger people on the budget you know who kind of want to have more fun of 40 <laughs> yes yes yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean it's just she's a princess anyway and that's that's next time <laughs> That's cool. No, that's great. Yeah. Well, save all this material. This is all good material. Maybe I know. We'll use I something. I might got something out. Let's see how. how or this... a good teaser. For, oh, for good next teaser. Time. Yeah. yeah. Subscribe. Yeah. That yeah. Be closed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>